5021 David, we got a fender down and two GSWs to the chest. I need you to meet us at Molly's. <laughs> For the most powerful podcast on the planet. Ladies and gentlemen, I go by the name of Leroy Hawkins, and if you're not listening, you obviously ain't learning. Copy that. Welcome back to another episode of Meet Us at Molly's. Today it's episode 247, 811, 1111, 1011, all the 11s everywhere. Brian is back. Brian is back. I'm so happy. I missed you. I missed you. Even though we were just talking about this, like, I technically, we FaceTimed while we were watching PD and then, like, after last night. So, like, I saw you last night, but I feel like I also haven't talked to you in 20 years. Yeah, it's different. It's different. Recording is different from just, like, casual correspondence during the day. Yeah. Well, and, like, or even when you're, like, watching on FaceTime. Like, we watched PD together, but it's, like, okay, well, you're watching the show for most of that hour. You know, like, it's, yeah. it's just different. Most of it is, like, us having a super lit conversation during commercials and then be, like, shit, it's back, it's back, it's back. Yeah, or, like, the conversation will just die literally in the middle <laughs> because we're, like, oh, well, I guess we gotta go back. And, like, it's, like, you're slightly behind me always mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Always. And so it's, like, I'll turn mine on mute, on mute so that like you can't hear because otherwise then you just get this like weird echo. It's just like it's a whole That's thing. so nice of you. <laughs> it is a whole thing. Oh my goodness. I didn't even I had no idea you were doing that. That's very nice of you. <laughs> yeah, I just always go on mute because like well, and then when you add in like if Lauren's on or Logan or Kim or whoever or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, like everyone's at different ones. And I feel like most of the time, I guess because I have like actual cable, I think I'm usually ahead. So I always just go on mute because it's just easier. <laughs> so funny that's so funny uh we always start with the news we don't have news this week it, it's kind of like it's quiet out of the one oh i shouldn't have said that i was gonna say it's been quiet in the one chicago camp <laughs> you I used really the q have... word gina uh, i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm so sorry one chicago people nation i'm really sorry i'm knocking on wood as we speak that i'm sorry it just it blurted damn it oh man let me just check deadline to make sure everything's okay <laughs> yeah for real though oh man sorry guys um i know better i just blurted it <laughs> Um, yeah, so we don't no, have like, any- It's like TCA's two week two, Gina. Like, come on oh, now. We don't TCA's need any. Are- yeah. Damn it, Gina. I fucked up. Sorry, guys. Um, yeah, and NBC goes on the 15th. So. Do they? So Monday. Yes, Monday. No, Sunday. Sunday, 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 Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Days. Uh-huh. Okay. I think all is good on the deadline front. Okay. Knock on wood. We're good. Knock on wood. Think all is good. No texts have thrown up. Okay, so okay, okay. Lisa Marie Presley, football, Sundance, Tom Hanks. We're good. We're good. Okay, just had to do a sweep. Um, we did want to do a TV roundup because we love TV. And okay, let's be real. The main reason we're doing TV roundup is because Jimmy Nicholas was on FBI Most Wanted this obviously, week. Obviously, obviously. Uh, yeah, I got a couple tweets during that episode on Tuesday. One of our listeners, Carly, she was like, so are you guys going to talk about this on Thursday? I was like, I'll run it by Bryna, but probably. Yeah. Did I make it to watch it live? No. Did I watch it the next day? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Friend of the pod, Jimmy Nicholas, was on yes. FBI Most Wanted this week. Um, I don't watch Most Wanted. That's the one FBI I do not watch. Right now. Do you I mean, watch even like right? 
FBI like that often anymore. You used to. I used to. I, I'm 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 all aboard the international train. I love I'm international. I'm so behind on international. Oh my god. I love so international. But um regular FBI, I'll I'll pop in from time to time. But most wanted, yeah. I don't do. It just it mm-hmm. never the, I thought but, the, like the pilot was good, and then after that, I was like, eh, eh. Well, and it's like every time I've watched it, like in a crossover setting or whatever, I'm always just like, "This is so boring." Yeah, I liked um when Kellen Lutz's character was on. I thought he was interesting. I can't remember his name I right now, but I liked him. And then he left, and I was like, "Well, not that I had plans to watch it on a regular basis, but there weren't any plans I had to watch it on a regular basis. Well, yeah, and that, that show is on its fourth season, and they've only got two original characters left. Everybody else is new. Oh, yeah. Damn. It's high turnover in a very quick amount of time. Yeah. So, but it does also have Chicago Fire alum Edwin Hodge, who played Newhouse. Yes. It was good to see him. Yeah, glad to see he's returned to the Wolf Entertainment fam. Also, he's looking good. Yeah. He looked really good in that episode. Um, it's also, like, I always say this, but it's just, it's so unfair that men get better with age. Like, he was a total baby on fire. But then on Tuesday when I was watching, I was just like, he looks good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, friend of the pod, Jimmy, he played the son of this woman who was, like, kind of like a right-wing conspiracist who just, like, threw out crazy-ass theories about Crimes I think she was supposed to be like a version of like a Fox News commentator is like a, the like the vibe that I think they were going for. They kind of took like they took Nancy Grace and then they also took like a bunch of far right wing pundits and like made them into, into this one woman. person. Yeah. Um, and so Jimmy played her son and he didn't come in until halfway through the episode. So he was kind of the villain. And that was that was surprising. I wasn't expecting that. Well, and because I was watching, like, on my computer, obviously, like, the next day, I was literally sitting there, I was, like, okay, looking through the bar, and you know how, like, if you scroll the bar, you can see, like, the preview as you, like, go along? I was, like, okay, when is Jimmy coming in? And I was, like, fuck, it's, like, not halfway through this, and, like, but I can't just turn it off, because then I'm going to be really confused, so I watched the whole thing, but... Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the one thing, I, like, I don't think it was a bad episode. I mean, it's very case-heavy. So, like, if you don't like procedurals, definitely don't watch Most Wanted because it's all pretty much procedural. The thing that I guess I was, like, slightly confused about, and I didn't realize this, I guess this is technically, like, a follow-up episode to a previous episode they did? Yeah, yeah. It, and it that one, I was like, one. I did not realize that that was a thing. Like, and I was like, oh, man, I probably would have enjoyed this more if I was a regular viewer or had at least seen that first episode. And most Wanted is too dry for me. It's way too dry. It is, like, there was a little tiny bit of personal in this episode, and I was honestly kind of shocked that we got that much. But it always comes with, it's, it's always bookended, right? You never get the personal in the middle. It's, it's right. at the very beginning. And then you have to wait almost a full hour for the follow-up. And it's too and the case personal. Is, well, and obviously what happens in the case is going to then affect how the personal ends. Because obviously, like, with the girl whose name I don't even know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. She, like, obviously, it happened, you know, she was with her and her wife and her, I'm assuming they're married, I don't know, and her so. their daughter mm-hmm. in the beginning. And then, obviously, what went through, you know, with the case and the kid and the mom or whatever affected how she then saw things in the end she went back to church. And I was like, okay. But it was like, you don't get any of her talking about this throughout the episode. It was like, it happened to her in the beginning. 
the case happened and then by the end she decided to go back to church yeah i don't want to wait a full hour and it's not to say that i'm not invested in the case i mean i i, I felt for this mom i you know i cared about that but i don't care about what's going on in her life i care about the characters i see every week right right yeah so um but it's always good to see friend of the pod jimmy on tv i did when his name came up in the credits like i smiled so big i was like oh yay like he's yeah well, it was like the first time i mean i've never see- watched him in anything else like i've only ever seen him on fire i've not gone back and watched anything else he might have been in before this so like for me i was like oh man like i was like it's a little weird i was like this is not what i'm used to but obviously it was really cool to see him on another pop up on another show it was really cool it was really cool i know a lot of chicago fans on twitter we were like he better not freaking die if he dies on this show like <laughs> we were gonna be so angry he can't die on another project for at least like another year and he can't die let's put it this way he can't even die in another wolf entertainment show like if I he mean, dies at any point in another wolf entertainment show just no he can't all that's left is law and order like yeah, but we need him to pop up. He can pop up on SVU, Law and Order, Law and Order. What's the other one? Third Law and Order. Third, what, criminal Intent. Yeah. No, he's organized crime. crime. Organized Crime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and then there's other FBI's. I mean, there's FBI, FBI International. I mean, he can go play International. That was like my dream. Once, once we, once after after episode three, after the trauma of episode three passed, which like who am I kidding? It never passed. Um, that was like my dream manifestation. I was like, maybe International will snatch him up. That would be badass. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. That'd be very cool. Yeah. So there's other shows. He, you know, Just I'm saying. still manifesting his Hallmark movie era. To which, if he's listening to this right now, he's like, really, really, hey. We're just, Jimmy, we're just trying to get you employed. Like, come on now. Yeah. Yeah. We just want you employed. We just want you employed. That's it. Looking out for our friends. Wishing them yeah. the best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it was it was definitely good to see him yeah. um, back on TV again, for sure. Um, I got I got a big kick out of the fact that his character's name was Wolfgang. I was like, wow, that's a choice. No. Yeah. Mm, Wolfie. Wolfie. <laughs> Uh, there was a moment where like when he was recording the mom and he had the camera like he had the little evil eye like down i was like sir i see that it was cool it was fun yeah it was fun it was fun and then he popped back up on fire sort of yeah that was that was not what i was expecting no which i guess i guess we'll save it for when we get there yeah Um, yeah but we did say it's a TV roundup, so, you know, we are talking about other things, too. Um, the only thing I've watched so far in the new year is Kaleidoscope. How was that? I liked it, actually. I, I Yeah? Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of, I'm a big fan of creators trying things, and if it doesn't work, it just doesn't work. And if it does, awesome. But I'm a really big fan of when people do things outside of the box. So the cool thing with Kaleidoscope is that you can watch it in any order. Whatever order. Whatever yeah. order you want. And everything's a piece of the puzzle. So it's not necessarily, it's not, it's not linear. It's not like this happens and this happens and that happens. You can choose however you want to watch it. And so um, I started out just doing what Netflix gave me. And then I started to look chronologically and say, okay, maybe I'm going to plot it out that way. Um, It's great. And it's got a Chicago medal on. I cannot remember his name right now. I should look that up. Um, 
the actor who played Joey on Chicago Med. Remember Joey? Sweet little into Sarah Reese Joey. Yeah. He's in it. Okay, would I like it? You might. Yeah, yeah, I think you might actually. Peter Mark Kendall, that's his name. Peter Mark Kendall, Chicago Med alum. Our sweet little Joey has grown up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've been I've been curious about it, but I haven't gotten a chance to watch it yet. I think you actually might like it. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. And Giancarlo Esposito is in it. And that man, it, there's like, there's nothing he can't do. He's an incredible actor. Yeah. And it's a it's a heist show. Like heist shows are always so much fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've watched, well, two things. One, I don't, I don't think I talked to you about. I started The Bear. Oh, you did mention that to me, but we never got in depth on it. Uh, I'm like in the middle of episode five and I just don't see what the point is the the point is you're, you're I mean you're getting to know Carmi right and Carmi's like Carmi's taking over this business and so right uh, I guess as, yeah yeah like you're just kind of you got to stick it out though if you've gotten episode five yeah I'm like in the middle or I haven't started I'm like definitely seen four the first four I can't remember where I, if I finish episode five or not or you've only got three more episodes there's only eight yeah there's eight I know there's only eight and, and seven, I think I'm gonna finish it but like seven is incredible yeah and I mean like obviously tying it back to one Chicago Amy Morton and Oliver Platt are both in it so like and it's shot in Chicago so there's that yeah i'm just like I, everyone talks about how great it is and i know he just won the globe and so i'm like okay like i want to like i want to watch it because i know everyone says it's really good and i just watched this first score and i was like okay like i understand what's happening but i'm just like eh. i i enjoyed it i also watched it all in one day so going back to back to back might have helped me but yeah. I loved the bear. I'm not going to lie. And I might get tomatoes thrown at me for this one, but I was kind of irked that Abbott beat it at the Globes. Lurked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I loved it. I feel like Abbott, I mean, I, I'm not a huge comedy person either. Mm-hmm. I like wanted to check it out mainly because it's Chicago and like obviously Amy and Oliver, like, you know, like for the Chicago related reasons, I kind of is why I really checked out the bear. Um, and I tried Abbott and I like I understand why. And I think when I see like jokes that Abbott does, like on Twitter, I'm like, oh, that's funny. But just comedies in general don't usually hit for me. So when I watched the first couple episodes of Abbott, I was like, this is not for me. I might need to give it a second chance. Cause yeah, some of the clips when they hit Twitter, I'm like, that's actually pretty funny. I'm like, that's really funny. Yeah. And I think they're all fantastic actors. It's just yeah. that it just didn't really do it for me. You know what my, like, you know who I really just, who really did it for me on that show. And again, they are all fantastic actors. This is all character based. The principal drives me insane. Yeah. Insane. Like she's actively bad. Like it, it irks me, but I do, I probably do need to give it a second chance. I, I mean, I, I've enjoyed most, well, some of what I've seen. It just didn't really hook me, but yeah. yeah. The thing that I'm loving right now, though, is my obsession right now is the National Treasure show on Disney+. Plus. That's like my fave. Would I like that? Mm, I don't know. I'm so glad we know each other's tastes so well that like. I don't know if you'd hate it, but I don't know if you'd like it as much as I do, if that makes sense. What what is it about the show that you're loving? Uh well, there are some good there is like a good love triangle. There's some good ships. 
Uh, that's really what I'm, I don't know. I just, I, I really like the mystery or the treasure part, whatever, like you want to call it. Um, I like that part. I like the story. I think the acting's good. I don't know. I really like it. I, I just, knowing you, I don't know if you would like it as much. Okay. Okay. I don't know, but that's what I'm really enjoying. I, I haven't that. gotten a chance to watch Ginny and Georgia yet, the new season. I haven't either. And it, I have, our, and our I've heard friends, it's not that good. Yeah, our friends have not enjoyed it at all. Yeah, I've heard it's not that good. Um, Yeah, and I'm just like, okay, well. Yeah. And then the rookie, I mean, everything, you know, the rookie is amazing. And yeah, yeah that's where I'm at. Um, yeah, the rookie has been fantastic, thankfully uh yeah what else oh, what was I gonna say I hate when I I hate when I forget that um I know okay oh I know what I was gonna say um I did I did try to start the night manager the other day which what is what the hell is that okay so it's from 2016 it's an old one it's from 2016 okay um I needed a Tom Hiddleston fix I just kind of wanted to see Tom Hiddleston <laughs> so oh, it's, it's British it's British and oh, it's him no. and um oh my Laurie, God. David yes. Harewood Tom Hollander yeah Olivia Coleman's in it. It's mm -hmm. it's yeah, that's how you know it's really British. But I just kind of wanted a Tom Hiddleston fix, but I'm so bummed to say it is so boring. I can't uh, no, no. I was so bummed. I just I just wanted to see Tom Hiddleston and I wanted to watch that show when it came out. I just couldn't find it anywhere at the time. You should have just gone back and watched like Loki or something. Wish I had thought of that when I was like, let me watch Night Manager. But I don't regret anything because the pilot, he's dressed up in suits the whole time and he looks fab. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not complaining. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I also still need to see, a, well, uh, I need to see Kong Skull Island because that's got Tom Hiddleston in it. And the only reason I say that is because when we went to Universal last year, they had a Kong ride and I was like, okay, I don't know what this is. I'm going to go on it anyway. And then when we were in Hawaii, we actually got to see a filming location from that movie. And that's when I was like, Tom Hiddleston is in this? <laughs> I've never even heard of that, so I don't know. Brie Larson's in it too, so it's like Loki and Captain Marvel, the prequel. <laughs> what an alternate universe! I know, right? Oh, speaking of Marvel, have you seen the Ant Man trailer? Yes, I'm not ready. I, I, do, and I've said this on Twitter. I don't want to see it if he dies. I'm not ready. I'm gonna be pissed if he dies. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Lauren and I told Bryna last night that she has to be the sacrificial lamb and like go see it first and then report back with her findings. Oh, I'll go see it first. I have no problem. I the only one I haven't seen still, I haven't seen Wakanda Forever yet, but that's just because I was not feeling that great. And at this point, uh, it's coming on streaming on the first, and I'm just gonna wait and watch it on streaming. But see, I I did not love Black Panther. I did not love it at all. Um, yeah, I know. There's mixed feelings about that one. And you know who loved it was Jimmy. Jimmy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's mixed yep. feelings. So I'm going to watch that, but I will. I, I mean, otherwise, I usually try to go watch them, you know, opening weekend. So I plan to go watch Ant-Man opening weekend. Good. Report back with your findings, because my gripe is that all of the movies are becoming the same. There's that. I, some of it I can see. Yeah. Why am I going to go to a Marvel movie when I know that my heart is going to be broken at the end? You're not wrong. What, the past, like, four movies have ended in deaths? Mm, yes. Yeah. Doctor Strange had a possible death, although I think there's a lot of chatter that Wanda's alive. Love and Thunder. Yep, Love and Thunder. 
um, Aunt May. Uh, yep yep mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. yep anyway that was our tv roundup you guys brian and i have not done this in two weeks i'm sorry we had some catching up to do and we save our catching up for you guys because we love you yeah i mean we text but it's not oh, yeah. the same no. it's not the same not the same but we do have a lot to talk about about the episodes mm -hmm. what a night what a night. It was like fine. And then it was like rage. And then it was like sadness. We just ran the gamut. I thought they were, I mean, like, but like, yeah, I mean, there were definitely parts that made me rage. We'll, we will get there. But I like thought they were still like solid episodes. Yeah, yeah, they absolutely were. Like they, they weren't like were. bad episodes. It was just like what happened in the episodes, you know, mm -hmm. I don't like, you know, like, yeah. Icky. yeah. So just to finish up the news section, tell us what you're watching. We always like recommendations. I do need to start the new season of Jack Ryan. I'm like the only person who is stuck with that Yeah, show. I need to still watch that. I thought the first two seasons were so good, but I'm also not familiar with like the source stuff. I haven't watched that. Um, or something else. Why do I feel like there was something else I was watching and I don't remember? I don't know. I'm sure it'll come to me and I'll be like, damn it, I should have mentioned that. And I don't when, remember. When is Loki season two? Sometime this year. This year. But I don't think they've said yet. I don't know why I need such a Tom Hiddleston fix right now. It's just on my brain. I, I you're that is, I don't know. I'm in my Tom Hiddleston era. Oh, summer 2023. I can work with that. I can work with that. Summer. Oh, Yellowstone's the other one that I've been keeping up with, but I think that's no secret. Oh, I did watch, um, was it Treason? I, okay, I, I guess I just missed my Marvel Men because Charlie Cox did this series at the end of December. <laughs> um where he was like the head of mi6 and got framed i miss my marvel man <laughs> what can i say did you ever finish uh this is so off topic do you ever finish sex lives of college girls no no it depends on my mood and like yeah you're, just, you're in a marvel men mood clearly yes so with like without even realizing it i couldn't sleep the other night i was up at like 3 30 and i was like actively like start something new go with something old what do i do but i also couldn't sleep so my go-to is west wing so i put that on anyway so i'd go back oh west wing oh, my best. just the big warm cozy blanket west wing i, I know god love I know. that show and now you've got hln doing marathons all the time i'm like how am i supposed to get anything done yeah mm, i can't fall down that rabbit hole or else i will yeah that show is the most like the biggest most comfortable like warm safe blanket you could put over yourself we still really need to do our one chicago as west wing thread oh maybe for president's day i like that idea we need to work on that we do need to work on that so uh no patron shout outs this week but if you'd like to support the pod for as little as two to four dollars a month you can join the link on our socials just click the link in our bio on any social media that you find us on click the link in our bio it's going to open up more links and you're just going to look for the big one in caps that says patreon you're going to click that and then once you join we'll get an email and that is when you can request entry into the facebook group if we don't have the corresponding email we won't let you into the group nope nope but we've got a really big family growing over there. We have so much fun with the patrons. So much fun. I thought it was so cool about with the whole names and the map project. I thought that was so, it was like really cool to see like where everyone is on the map because I didn't even know, like, I was like, oh wait, that person's from like, you know, I was like, I had no idea. It's like very cool. 
We have a listener in Chile. Did you see that? Yeah, I knew that. I, I, I'd probably been told and forgot. Yeah, no, I knew that, but it was like, even just some of the United States ones, I was like, wait, I didn't know this person lived here. I was like, I definitely thought they lived on like the other coast, but I was like, whoop, I was wrong about that. So crazy. It's so very cool. cool. It's cool. It's very cool. I always get a kick out of things. If like, if something's happening in the US and I tweet about it, like sometimes I'll remember, I'm like, oh wait, not all of our listeners are American. I got to preface this and be like, this is happening in the States today. And then I'm always just like, that's crazy. Yeah. Wild. So yeah, I would check out the page, the patron group. We have so much fun. We really have so much fun. We watched a Dolly Parton movie, like after, not Dolly Parton. We watched uh, In Merry Measure right after Christmas. Not a blast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We just get on Zoom and talk for hours about anything. Literally hours. Yeah. We just, it's, it's a family is what Christmas it is. Card, a lot of people did Christmas cards this year, which was really fun. I have all mine sitting in a pile, um, mm-hmm. which I think is really cool. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think she'll care if I say it. Uh, there's uh, Amy in our group is not not my best friend, Amy, patron Amy. Um, we might actually do a dog park date this weekend. She's local. So that's really cool. Yeah. That'd yeah. be fun. I got to remember to shoot her, uh, shoot her a message. But yeah, we're, we might do that this weekend. So stay tuned. That's really cool. Really yeah, there's another picks. one. Did you see on the map? I did see that. And I was like, how did we not know there's another one in your area? In my area. Yeah, I know. I knew um that there's one in austin but like i didn't know that there was one another one i knew obviously amy but like i I did not know that yeah i didn't know that either i was like wait what and i'm like damn like next time i come we just need to have a freaking texas meetup just a whole texas meetup yeah dude um please please check out our patron group we have so much fun we really do i can't i can't like obviously we just keep gushing so here we are it's really fun really fun so all right let's move into the episode shall we Let's do it. All right. Let's start with Med. Ooh, Med. It was good. This was good. Yes. Written by our friend. Yes. Friend of the pod, Connor Patrick Hogan, with his second ever credit. Yes. We, we love stand. We love to see it. We do love to see it. We hype up our friends on this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Connor's fantastic. He did such a good job with this. I really like this episode. Same. Big same, big same. So we're going to start off with Archer and Hannah because Archer got the first seed and that's just how we roll. Um, Okay, so it's Archer and it's Hannah. So we're just going to work it in together. So very first scene, Archer's at the prison where Sean's at. Sean is getting out, y'all. Oh my. I'm, this is so exciting. It is exciting. It's really exciting. And it's the second chance that Archer's like really wanted to repair Mm -hmm. his relationship. Yeah so crazy so crazy so archer's like grilling him with questions he's like so you're gonna get a job you're gonna go to school what are you gonna do and sean just goes right now i just want to get to tomorrow look you can't say that to a group yeah. of diehards at like 701 p.m on one chicago wednesday you can't start it that way because then we get worried when it's like not i wasn't even worried for this episode like i didn't think he was gonna like die you know yesterday but i was like shit i was like the foreshadowing of what's to come i was like they're gonna we're gonna get attached because he's gonna get out and then they're gonna have this great he and archer are gonna have this great relationship and then oh man i didn't even think about like that coming in like subsequent episodes didn't even think about that oh i didn't see i definitely was like no they're not killing him off this week but i was like for future i was like that is like foreshadowing right because he's gonna get out he's gonna turn his life around they're gonna have this great relationship and then 
can be Justin Boyd all over again. It's like it's like one of the top five rules of One Chicago: never turn your life around in One Chicago because then you die. Right, especially if you're a family member. Especially if you're a family member. Like oh. he's not a dad, but it's a son, which obviously they don't seem to have great track records either. You've got Diego who got kidnapped. Justin Boyd, rest in peace. You've got I Ava mean, who got kidnapped. Yeah, I mean, and now Lexi Alinsky. Yeah, Lexi, R.I.P. Lexi. I mean, kids in West Chicago don't fare that well either, unfortunately. Mac got kidnapped. Yeah. Who else? There's got to be others. I'm sure. I'm sure we're just blanking, but. Yeah, we're probably, yeah. Still, I mean. It, it, that's, it's it's both funny and sad that we're like, something good is, oh, he's going to die now. It's like, we can appreciate the fact that he's, like, getting out and this is going to be great, but then also we're, like, just for the next, like, 11 episodes, we're just going to be, like, on pins and needles just, like, waiting for this to come. Are we laying down that prediction now? R.I.P. Sean Archer in the finale? Yeah. I don't know. Do I want to lay that down? Yeah. I, mm, yes. <laughs> Granted, it's med. They don't break our hearts nearly as often as Fire or PD. Med just had three character exits in the first nine episodes. But they weren't, What like, do you mean they don't deaths? break our hearts? Oh, well, yeah, they were heartbreaking, but, you know. I, I mean, okay, okay, fine. Med, med breaks our hearts, but... N- right, we've they- not had the, like, brutal death-type things like we have on, say... PD 20 times we don't get that you're correct no No. but we don't drop movie theaters on people's heads on med true true never over it nope okay so hannah gets a patient named leah and she might have endometriosis they they think or she thinks she might but she's never really officially been diagnosed with it you recognized who this was right oh no i didn't who was this this was the hallmark the Jesse T. Jill and Lily. No, I didn't recognize her. Mm-hmm. Oh. Did not even catch that. They posted an Instagram, which I saw like, I don't know, 30 minutes ago. Or she posted it and Lily posted one the other day. Have I just Two like not seen her movies? Let me see this. Oh yeah, she's like big Hallmark. She did one with uh, Ryan Pavey. Mm-hmm. He's so dreamy. Yeah, she's been in a bunch. Winter love story. USS Christmas. You all. Yeah, she's been in a bunch. I didn't realize until we did this year's episode with Emily, but there are gaps in my knowledge of Hallmark actors. Honestly, I don't know if I really would have known who she was, except for like following Christmas Con. And then you recognize some of the actors, even if you don't watch their movies. I'm like, okay, well, I know she's a big one because she goes to all the, you know. Can we please go to Christmas Con one year? We should. I want to go so bad. We should. She was in The Artist? Okay. All right. Well, anyway, that's the... I'm assuming that is... I mean, because she is Hallmark, so I'm assuming that's who Jesse was mm-hmm. talking about when we talked to her. Yeah. Because they probably would have been filming around Doherty. the same time. Yeah, yeah probably. Probably. Um, I'm slightly off topic, but I did see... Um, Bethany Joy Lenz is already filming one for this year. It's January and she's already filming one. Yes, in North Carolina at the Biltmore. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. I think she's opposite. Is it Chris Palaha is his name? Mm-hmm. I think that's her co-star. Yeah. Yep. yep. I like how the Hallmark, the Hallmark movies have just ended and we're already like, 2023 season. 
Oh, I'm so excited for that one. Mm-hmm. That one's gonna be great. They've already got like the seasonal movies go- going. Um, we oh, watched, I'm sure. We yeah, they've got the winter the, movies going. Yeah, the winter movies. We watched one with Lacey Chabert because take a drink. She's in all of them. Obviously. Uh, and she like, she got like cheated on or something or she got dumped by her like chef spouse or something and she moved to Hawaii. Casual. Shout out to Lacey Chabert though. If I could just sit back and do comfy Hallmark movies and make bank every year. How many do we think she's actually been in? She was just on Kelly and Ryan like last week and i think they said she just hit number 35 jesus i mean hey good for her make that money queen do your thing yeah i can't say i yeah falter and it's like i I would imagine it's enjoyable material yeah otherwise i doubt she wouldn't do it yeah so love it love it no shame Anyway, yes. I did not even catch that was Jen Lilly. Because you know who you know who I was more focused on was Justin's patient. Because that was... Corey Cott! Corey Cott. Casey's the one on Riverdale. Yes. Corey Cott. My love. I love him. We'll get there in a minute. We'll get uh, there. We will get there. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Leah, she's like, can I have pain meds? And so Hannah's like, let's go with Tylenol. Let's just start there. Um. So already her spidey senses are going up. And so she goes to Archer for a second opinion. Now she catches Archer at the vending machines and he's still on this like low sodium diet. So he picks some snack from the vending machine. that's vegan portobello mushroom jerky. Portobello mushrooms are yummy, but like, that's a thing. I'm literally about to, yes. Well, okay. So yeah, portobello jerky on Amazon. Nine thirty nine dollars and thirty seven cents. So it ain't cheap. You know, you know, we're gonna have to order some for our New York trip, right? Right, right, and just like try it now. That just sounds disgusting, though. Well, no, I love portobello mushrooms, but as jerky, it just looks just the sound of it all together. I was like, that sounds awful. Roasted garlic and black pepper. Okay, well, wait, that could could be good. It's ten dollars for a freaking two ounce bag. I'm also surprised that Archer was able to pull that from a vending machine. Yeah, I don't think there's any way you could pull this from a vending machine. No way. TV magic. Yeah, yeah, TV magic. Yeah. Unless he brought it from home and he, I don't know. No, Hannah caught him at the vending machine. Oh, well, never mind then. So Hannah brings up this program called Opio Health. It's like, it's another AI because like this hospital is going like super high tech. Uh Um, More about that in a minute, but- Basically, it's this AI system that flags patients based on their opioid subscription or subscriptions, prescriptions. Uh, and so she mentions in here that this patient, she's like, she's red flagged, which means I can't prescribe her anything. I'm locked out of it. So you're telling me that this is a, a computerized system that prohibits doctors from prescribing pain meds. Just based on, I feel like. Everything with AI is just like, you know how they teach you obviously not to judge a book by its cover and mm-hmm. like, but this is literally what AI is doing. It's like, oh, okay, you have, you're on 10 medicines up. Oh, okay. I'm judging you. You're on 10 medicines. You can't get any more. Yeah. It's literally what it's doing. It's just like, oh, we're judging you. Okay. That is not something that should be controlled by AI. No, no. I- Absolutely not. Most things shouldn't be controlled by AI. Let's be real. And that's another thing we'll get into. We haven't really talked about OR 2.0, me and you. I mean, we've talked about like where the hell is it in the hospital, but we haven't talked about the details. Um, Yeah. So there's the system that just magically will lock a doctor out from doing their job. Like, 
I think they're doing a very, very good job this season of exploring the balance between man versus machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, these are the hiccups you're going to come across is, you know. Well, I feel like it's very timely because I feel like all I've heard about, like we were literally just talking about it today. I was talking about it with my dad, just about like AI in general. Like, I feel like if you would ask me like five months ago, I would have been like, okay, yeah, AI, I know what it is. But like, I feel like it wasn't even a thing at the beginning of the season. And now it's like, I feel like that's all I hear about is AI, 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 you know, like they're doing a really good job of like medicine, you know, was really doing a good job about like taking what's actually going on and like, especially in healthcare and like incorporating it into their storylines. So like, this is very timely stuff, but it's like really scary too. Yeah, but this also, I mean, this shows what a good job the writers did in bringing in Jack Dayton as yeah. a character to like as much as he kind of like sucks a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like I don't love him, but like he's definitely you know a good representative of what is going on in healthcare and like when yeah. tech tries to intervene in healthcare and make it more modern. But sometimes you know that's not always a good thing. Yeah, but he he's he's given us a lot of good material this season. Yeah, he's drawn up a lot of ethical things and just like technology, you like you said, man versus machine and like, you know, how much should technology be involved in healthcare and like is there a line and where should it be drawn? Like, yeah, lots of good conversations from him mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, big time, big time. So Hannah Hannah's adamant with Archer. She's like, listen, I know what this looks like. Like I, I know exactly what an addict looks like when they come in. She is not giving me that vibe. And so, I mean, at the very beginning of their relationship, Archer would have been like, shut up. Like you're, you know, you're not seeing this right. And now he's like, okay, like, let's, let's talk about this. Let's get a second opinion. Yep. They've come so far. They really have. They really have. So Archer does an exam and it, it is starting to look like she is an addict. And so, you know, Hannah's really disappointed. She's just like, oh man, she's like, I thought I was right too. And Archer's just like, you thought she was in pain. Like, you didn't care what kind. You just wanted to help. The growth. Mm-hmm. The growth. Yep. You, lo- you love to see it. Yep. Love to see it. So they're convinced that she's an addict, but then she has a seizure. So they're like, no, something, actually something's up. Wait a second. It is real. It ends up being a like a tumor in her back that's actually like a form of lung cancer. Can we stop? Like, why did every show, well- two out of three have to involve lung cancer like why yeah why why is it lung cancer's week in one chicago right not cool Mm -hmm. not cool so yeah she has a rare form of lung cancer and they're able to do surgery and resect it and everything so that's great but hannah's pissed hannah is pissed yeah so she tells nelly she's like well we almost let her walk because we thought she was an addict like a lot of patients are going to fall through the crack. And Nellie's like, well, it didn't happen today. And she's like, I'm not worried about today. I'm worried about tomorrow. Right. Like we got lucky this time and that's great, but that doesn't mean we're always going to be so lucky. And then she drags the crap out of legal guy. I am all for helping to curb opiate abuse, but this opio health AI is flawed. The program has bugs and meds shouldn't use it. And look, analytics that help identify a patient's risk for misusing opioids, protect our liability. This is a program that should absolutely be using. Liability is the driving force? What about patient care? You know that's not what I'm saying. Plus, opioid health, it's not meant to supplant a doctor's but diagnosis. it does. It sows seeds of distrust. My patient today, the scripts in her file, the ones that got her red flagged, they were for her aging cat. 
veterinarian put it in her name. And I'm sorry about that, but if you look hard enough into any AI program, you are going to find outlier cases. The night shift had a patient a few weeks ago who got flagged for filling scripts in multiple states. Turns out he was a pilot. His pharmacies depend on what route he's flying. Yes, there are some growing pains, but algorithms are not the enemy. They can help predict which patient is most likely to benefit from a particular treatment, estimate ICU probabilities, whether a patient's going to deteriorate or die after being discharged. Peter, we These get it. You're a believer. But Dr. Asher's problem is less with AI and more with this specific program. And frankly, I share her concerns. As soon as the board approved testing Opio Health, I reached out to their parent company for clarity on how they amass and interpret their data. They have yet to share any information. And they claim that it would infringe upon their proprietary algorithm. Look, if Opio Health isn't comfortable sharing how their program works, I'm just not comfortable using it. And, and given the growing number of errant cases, I'm going to petition the board to remove the program hospital-wide. You're going to be picking a fight, and not just with the board, but with Jack Dayton. Yeah, so be it. Again, Hannah! we stand Queen Hannah. Hannah Asher snaps for Hannah. And then Sharon coming in with the receipts. This was best. She was like, actually, Art. you know, I've been kind of suspicious myself. And I was just like, yes. Yeah. yeah. Did not even give him the chance to like, well, actually her. She was like, here is all the reading and research I've done. So this is what I'm proposing to the board. And she's like, I've reached out and no one's given me anything. I have no information. So we're done. Oh, oh. Alexa, show me women supporting women. So good. So good. Women supporting women. The closest I could find is supporting women. It happened again. Alexa, off. Yeah, I saw her light up over my shoulder as soon as I said it. I, like, I didn't oh, even shit. think. I didn't even think about it. I tried to. Say I don't it, like, have it, Alexa. So like, I could say it as much as I want, and it's not going to do anything. Yeah, I I, I tried to whisper it because she's really sensitive. She picks up on everything. But I saw her light up over my shoulder. I was like, motherfucker, here we go again. She's real sensitive. She's real sensitive. My goodness. Um. But like, also, this this scene was art. So good. It's so good. It's so good. And I love, love, love seeing Hannah get really fired up about something she believes in. Mm-hmm. And As she how, should. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent, hundred percent, because she knows that she's one of the lucky ones who did the work and came out on the other side. Yep. Yeah. Oh man, amazing. So she goes back downstairs and Archer's like, I heard you were like a pit bull up there. Like, what the hell happened? And she just explains about the system and she says, it doesn't matter how long I've been sober. That algorithm has branded me forever. Right. Because she looks herself up and she, you know, if she had been a patient or if she, you know, been in her patient shoes, she would have been locked out too. I wonder if that would have happened in the premiere. What do you, oh yeah, probably. Mm -hmm. Probably. Yeah so crazy mm -hmm. i think moral of the story is that you know it, there's got to be a balance between man versus machine yes big balance yeah. and i think as you try to i think the problem is though is that like as you're trying to introduce more technology and like grow and you know as with as technology advances it's hard to figure out where that line is it takes some time but you're like wanting to incorporate the newest thing but 
incorporating the newest thing as soon as it's out is not always the best thing either. Yeah. And that's been the thing with Jack is that Jack is a man of science, not science. That, that was wrong. He was, he's a man of technology. Yes. Like he swears by machines and, and computers and things like that. And so now that he's in power, you know, it's making things slippery. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yep. Yeah. So at the very end, Archer goes in to see Dr. Charles. And first of all, like, wow, you went and saw Dr. Charles all by yourself right and i don't say that and like actually opened up it's like yeah. well it, it, it not mockingly but it's like surprising because it's archer like literally season eight archer is just night and day from the archer we first met and it's just season eight archer forever like i love him let this be the let this be the sign that tells you like it is always okay to be vulnerable yep always because Archer did not become likable until he opened up. Yep. And now I'm an Archer stan. So I'm I'm on board. He's he's I'm on board. He's not being a dick anymore. And we actually have reasons for when he is a dick. Yep. Not that I support all of them. But No, but everyone has their moments of, you know, yeah. not being perfect or, you know, nice or whatever. Everyone has moments. So yeah. as long as there is you understand why he is not being that way, then for TV purposes, I'm fine with it. Yeah. So I think this, I think this does a really great job of tying back into what's going on with Archer and that he says that he's based on the way the machine labeled this woman, he's afraid of how the world is going to label Sean when he's out of prison. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh my goodness. So, when, you know, yeah. I think what I hope to see more of like as Sean gets out is obviously this is a big part of Archer's life and he, you know, I, he was basically a dick to like hide up the pain and from not wanting to be vulnerable and not wanting to talk about his son and like it's just nice to see like this is the first real like parent moment or like one of the first real like parent moments we've seen mm-hmm. from Archer and it's just like oh yeah Archer is a parent like he does care like he does have a heart and it's just like I hope we get to see more of those as like Sean gets out and you know is brought back into the fold until he dies in the finale yeah until he dies I hate that we're calling that right now, but I mean, but like, it's a good theory. I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but it's a good theory. That's all I'm going to say. Are we finally going to buy clown masks if we're wrong? Oh my God. I meant to buy you one for your birthday and then your birthday snuck up on me and I was like, fuck. We do need it. We, yeah, we need to find them. We keep saying, we say it all the time. They're on Amazon. We just got to order them. Yeah, but they're like creepy clown masks. They're not like, or is it the Dolly mask? No, we want the, I want the Dolly mask because then it goes for your like the money heist fandom and for this. It works. It serves dual purposes. It does. It does. I don't want a creepy one. I'd rather have the money heist one. Like, I don't understand how they don't make adult clown masks that are not like murderous, creepy clowns. Uh, Yeah, I know. I don't get it. I don't know. Whatever. So the episode ends and Sean is getting out. And this moment, oh my goodness. Had Sha- me in tears. Yeah. One Chicago had us very close to tears multiple times this week. I, I cried on FaceTime last night at the end of PD. Yeah. I was full. It was there. I, I felt the tears like coming and then the scene ended. If it had gone on any longer, I would have I would have bawled. We'll get there. But yeah, yeah no, I definitely cried at PD. So Sean is like, yes to all of it like getting a job going back to school will you help me and archer just hugs him and says us against the world son us against the world oh my heart like 
just I'm gonna cry again rip my heart in like little pieces because you gotta let me you know fire and pd have to rip it the rest of the way but like oh my god plus <gasps> against the world son i'm like crying again <laughs> what the hell where okay so but where are we going with this are we going somewhere with archer's kidney problem <laughs> who knows we're I already feel trying like to figure they, out they like put him on the diet like i thought we were because i thought we were obviously going down like the real like archer's gonna be an addict too thing and then <laughs> they like put him on the diet and like hannah found out and now we're not doing that anymore i'm i'm going down the what if rabbit hole in my head right now you don't want to hear it although you i mean you probably do but like yeah i the what do if that want to hear it yeah the what if that just popped in my head was what if Archer needs a kidney transplant in the finale and Sean's the only one who can do it? Oh, and then he dies on the table. Oh, Brenna! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean... Oh, man. Wouldn't that be terrible, though? It would be so terrible. And then the finale is just like that season of The Resident when like somebody flatlines and you don't know who it is yeah not that i watched it but yeah i do know what that was yeah i i don't know how but like even shows i don't watch i always tend to know what's happening <laughs> I, know. I don't know how i do that i just do yeah, yeah. but yeah I've, I've never i've seen the pilot of the resident and i was like mm, no i don't thanks. know how that show's still on the air but yeah that's a different story rumor has it it might get canceled this season but i could be dead wrong so if any of you out there watch the resident and you're like gina shut up okay i will i could be wrong yeah. I wanted to like it. I love Matsukri. Team Logan forever. Yeah. But we digress. Anyway, else anyway. across the hospital. <laughs> We've got Crockett and Justin next up. Crockett and Justin. I like Justin. I yeah. I didn't get obviously get to talk about him last week, but I really like him. Yeah, what did you I, I feel like though? Because I didn't even remember last week that he was coming. Mm-hmm. And so then he showed up and I was like, who is this? And I was like, oh, like, he just, like, was a very random appearance. Like, he all of a sudden just showed up and was a part of the fold. He is a doctor that I would love to sit down with at Molly's and just, like, listen to tell stories. Like, tell me search and rescue stories. You've done some cool shit. It's, like, one of those things, though, where it's, like, Ethan just left. And I'm like, damn, like, Ethan and Justin. I could have, as, like, friends, I would have just all the stories they had, you know. I they would have vibed. I would have, yeah. I would have been here for that. Yeah, I'm really liking Justin. He's he's cool. Yeah, but it's just like all of a sudden, my only complaint has been like I feel like he just got thrown in. There was like no real like, oh, this is Justin, you know, blah 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 blah. Like he's just all of a sudden there, and I was like, okay. I mean, I'm not hating it, but like, what? We got to make friends with him on Instagram so he can come on the pod too. Uh, I was gonna mention that. Yeah, we do. Uh, he's he's on Instagram. He just doesn't. Yes. I don't think he updates very often. Ivan Shaw, I think is his name. Yeah, I thought he just posted. Did he? I know I followed him, but you guys, we've like we've we've sort of become Instagram friends with Connor Perkins, who plays Zach. Um, Twitter friends, yeah, yeah, Twitter friends, and so we're we're working on we're working on all the other new people. <laughs> anyway, we digress. Okay, Brian, anyway, t- take it away. Anyway, okay, so all of a sudden, I guess Justin and Hannah are now like BFFs. Okay, I guess. Cool they, though. like, went on that hike last week, and now they're indoor rock climbing together. All right. Okay. We were kind of talking about this on FaceTime last night, but do you get vibes between them? 
I get, that was in the text messages, not the FaceTime. But let me phrase it this way. I get more vibes between Hannah and Justin than I do between Hannah and Archer. And the only reason I say Hannah and Archer is because we've always got Lauren in our ear shipping them. You too? I kind of want to see it happen. What? <laughs> yes. Kind of. Explain yourself, please. I There's something there. I it's, Listen, Hannah now has like three options. You've like got the Justin. true queen she is. You've got Justin, you've got Archer, and then there's always going to be Will in the background, which we haven't really seen that this season, but, like, there's always Will in the background. I feel more, there's there's way more chemistry between Hannah and Justin than there is between Hannah and Archer. I'm there's not, nothing I'm romantic not arguing, between Hannah and Archer. I do think there's definitely chemistry between Justin and Hannah. What I'm saying, though, is I feel like at this point, they've kind of definitely built like a Hannah Archer thing going. And I feel like if they just dropped it and never went there, it would kind of be a little weird. If I have to choose for Hannah to have a fling, I choose You're going to go Justin. I, I choose yeah. Justin. Like every other moment of my life, I am team Justin. So... <laughs> Oh, wow. Yes. Wow. Yes. Did not you even see me. Wow. You wow. love me. Wow. Hey, <laughs> I saw the opportunity and I took it. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. I don't know. I just, I don't know. It just seems like all of a sudden they're like BFFs and like hanging out all the time. And I'm like, are they going there? Are they going Hannah and Archer? I don't know. I don't. Will is definitely, we've, we haven't gone anywhere since the shower scene. Like, I don't see Will happening this year. Will is not happening this Which, year. Which, like, what an awkward point to leave off at, right? Like, oh, we showered together. We haven't talked since. Yeah, literally. A little odd. Yeah. But I just don't see Will even, like, remotely happening this year. Yeah. It's either going to be Justin or Archer. <laughs> it's like, I would have, if you had asked me, like, before season eight, I would have never thought I would have said those words, but here we are. Okay, the more we talk about a potential ship, the more I want to see Justin and Hannah. I don't know. We'll see what happens, I guess, but we'll see. We'll see. But anyway, point being, they're hanging out. They're like BFFs now. They're rock climbing. Um, Hannah's going first. She's killing it. Um, Justin scaled that wall like a boss. Yeah, and then Justin obviously clearly goes there a lot because he knows the guy that's climbing next to them, Omar, played by Corey Cott. My fave. My fave. I love him. <laughs> um, Fun fact, though, Corey Cott was on a show with Benjamin Aguilar. They played Half Brothers? Yeah, it was Half Brothers. What was the show? Fun fact. Filthy Rich with Kim Cattrall, that terrible Fox show that got canceled I think that was oh, 2020. Yeah. That was, was a 20 good. That was a 2020 show? Yeah. Huh? Not good though. Yeah, it's, it, I can tell just by just by the title and Kim Cattrall, I can tell it's terrible. It was not good. I watched cuz of Corey, but I was like, mm. Corey's been in a ton of stuff on Broadway, right? Mhm. He was nice. in Newsies, he was in Bandstand, he was in Gigi. Uh yeah. He's very talented. He's can he can sing. I'm more Boy familiar with Casey because I watched the first season of Riverdale. But oh no, Corey, I'm about to. When we get off this, I'm gonna send you some clips. Okay, okay. I'm gonna send you some clips. Yeah, please do. 
anyway, so Justin knows the guy, Omar, you know, who's climbing next to them. And like, you know, Justin's like, yeah, I keep going, whatever. You're doing great. And then like, he starts acting really weird and like ringing the bell. And Justin's like, are you okay? And then like, all of a sudden, Omar just like falls. Just falls 40 feet, lands on top of Justin. Honestly, I was surprised Justin wasn't more like, because Omar basically just comes like crap. Like, you know, Justin moves to try to catch him and Omar ends up like falling right on Justin. I was surprised Justin only got rope burn. Yeah. And Omar is the one who blew out both of his ankles. Yeah. Make it make sense. (laughs) (laughs) The physics in this episode don't add up. They do not add up. No. Connor! (laughs) Yeah, I don't. That doesn't make sense. Kidding. (laughs) Um. But anyway, so yeah, so he basically makes a bunch of odd rookie mistakes. So they obviously bring him to med and like they're kind of confused because they think they smell alcohol in his breath and they're like, oh, he's like drunk. So he, they're like, oh, he's just drunk. He went, you know, not, you should not obviously drink and go rock climbing. Like that's the mistake. And Justin's like, he, that's two beers. He wasn't drunk. And it's just like, okay. Okay. I, I know I know you're not drinking at the moment, but like lightweight no. nation rise because um hi, it, it, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. Um, <laughs> yeah. The minute he was like, well, it's two beers. He shouldn't be drunk. I'm like, speak for yourself. By the end of two beers, I'm feeling good. Yeah. <laughs> like, lightweight nation rise. We're efficient. Okay. My husband makes fun of me, but we're efficient. Maximum <laughs> effect for minimum effort. And less money too. Yeah. Efficient. Yeah. Um, so they kind of assume they're quickly like debunking the uh, he's just drunk theory because he all of a sudden gets like once he's like awake or whatever, he gets stuck in some kind of like memory loop because like he can't really remember anything that just had like you know, somebody will say something to him and he's like, Wait, what? He just doesn't remember, and you know he's like getting frustrated that he can't remember and it ends up spiking his blood pressure a little bit and like at one point they bring in dr charles to you know to consult or whatever and so they decide to run some nutrition tests and they find out that he has a vitamin b1 deficiency and obviously you can't just that is something you get from food so if he is lacking it that much that means he is obviously malnourished and apparently eating disorders are very common in rock climbing, which did not know that. I guess I can see it because, you know, I you're, can see you're in it. the air. Yeah. And they make the point of like, oh, well, obviously the lighter you are, you know, the better at rock climbing you're going to be. So you're going to want to lose weight or not eat as much, which it makes sense once they explained it. But I would have just never thought about yeah. it. I don't yeah. really know anyone who's like a serious rock climber. So I just, yeah. Um. So, of course, like, all the signs are pointing to him overdoing it. But then Dr. Charles is giving him another memory test. And he's like, okay, look this way or whatever. And then, like, all of a sudden, Omar's eyes just, like, lock. And he, like, can't move them. Which is, like, really, that was honestly the part I was like, oh, shit. Like, what is happening? Yeah. So, they end up doing an MRI. And basically, they find a lesion on his brain. And it's, like, a bleed happened earlier like when he was panicking about everything that was happening to him that's what caused a bleed and that's what's causing these symptoms right this second how realistic is it for a psychiatrist to read an mri the way dr charles did because he read that thing like he'd been doing it his whole life 
Well, I mean, I'm sure, obviously, like, he's a doctor. He went through medical school. Like, I'm sure they learn how to read. I'm sure. I'm not. I don't think it's something that happens all the time. Maybe it is. Maybe with psychiatry, obviously, you're looking at ones of the brain. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. know. But, I mean, he's a doctor. So, it's, you know, it's not like you said, oh, a therapist was reading, you know, an MRI. No, but, but it takes me back to that scene when um, Archer had Hannah reset a jaw. And she was like, you know, I'm an OB and I haven't done this in, like, 10 years, right? Yeah, I guess maybe like he does look at them of brains at least. Or maybe I guess. I was impressed. Yeah. Um, basically, Omar's gonna end up being fine. Whatever. So, Doctor Charles and Justin have this one weird scene, and they they have it like at the end. It's just this weird quote, and it says, "Mountains have a way of dealing with overconfidence." And you have in the outline, what does that mean? I literally sat there last night, and I was like, "What does that mean?" I don't yeah. understand. And like, and I'm still Charles- sitting here thinking about it. I'm like. I don't understand. Dr. Charles acted like it was so prolific. And I was like. Because he's like, can I steal that? And Justin's like, I don't don't know. It's not mine. What the fuck does it even mean? I wonder. I meant to Google it. I'm curious. Is that like a quote that, you know, is that like a real thing? It sounds like something you would type in like a cliche generator or something. Hmm. It's like a Herman Buell. Who is that? Herman Buell. Oh, he was a famous Austrian mountaineer. Apparently that was his quote. Oh, okay. So it's like something from the climbing community. Yeah, I guess. Because it's like, I see it, like you Google that quote and you can see it like on the cover of like, notebooks on amazon or whatever like it's like i guess like a thing it still doesn't make any sense it makes no sense though like i don't know what it means yes it's clearly a mount like you know like a climbing thing what does it mean though (laughs) what does mounts hitting you with the hard-hitting research this week trying but i can't find what it means I'm curious. I'm like, we should move on, but also I'm curious. I want to know because I, it makes no sense. I'm going to keep doing this. Is it like, is it a reference to like the over part of overconfidence? Cause like you go over a mountain. I, I don't know if anyone's a climber or knows what this means, please <laughs> let us know. <laughs> Cause please. I cannot find it. We don't, we are. Like, I can't find an article that's, like, telling me what, you know, why are mountains so important? Okay, that's not what I want. So we are I'm very confused I'm done now. at the moment. Yeah, we are very I'm done confused. now. All right, next up, we've got Will and Maggie. And I want to say this was one of my favorite parts of this episode, but Will is in it. So if I say it, it doesn't mean anything. Can you say it? No. <laughs> that would be a lie. That would be a lie. Okay fine okay you texted last night that you were like put it in the text you were oh my like God, you're about to throw me under the bus yeah you were like you were just like i have to put it out there about will and she was like i can't really say it anywhere and i was like you can though i mean like nobody would be surprised if you just said it so like you should just be confident in your love for will and just say it every week you should Brenna just, just threw me to the wolves like <laughs> just throw me under that bus i don't think you should be ashamed of it I well, I am. I'm, and I'm, I'm not. not a will as big of a will stand as you are, but like, if you're a will stand, then you're a will stand. What's wrong with that? I get crap for it. 
just jokingly give you crap for it. No, I know. I know. You're a Will stan. Okay. I'm an Archer stan, so. That's true. That's true. Now. If you can own that, I can own being a Will stan. I'm an Archer stan now, so. I do wear my Will Halstead Defense Squad shirt from time to time. Hey. Also, because yeah. it's really comfortable. Check out our Tee Public. Shameless plug. Oh my really god, comfy. if you do get anything from the Tee Public, you have to go with the soft, ver- whatever that like. The soft shirt? The, oh not yeah. Not the classic tee, but whatever that soft one is. The tribal really, that's what it's called. Yes, it's so good. It's a little bit more expensive, but it's worth it. It's like $6 and or $7 it dollars have more expensive. it like as many color options or whatever. So like if you're looking for a specific color, like purple, then like you can't get it. But if you're not as picky or you just want like a gray or a black or something, definitely. It's so comfy. They are so comfortable. It's like the only version I buy now. <laughs> I always shoot like one size up. And so like I just like lounge in them when I wear them. I'm just like, oh my God, this is so comfy. It's the best. My whole wardrobe now is like fandom t-shirts from Tee Public and Old Navy I- leggings. I sent you a fandom shirt for your birthday. And that one's really comfy one. too. I know. Brenda sent me a yellow show, a Yellowstone shirt. That wasn't Public though, was it? No, it was Target. It's so comfy. <laughs> I love it. And I was like, she likes oversized. I was like, this is the only size they have left. But I was like, Gina wants some oversized. She doesn't like a tight fit. So this is fine. I love them oversized. As 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 I'm saying this, I'm wearing my t-shirt, sweatshirt, blanket. Um, mostly because Charlie keeps the house freezing. But yeah, so- I don't know. I also saw Target has new sync gear, even though I have plenty to last me through the apocalypse. I might need to go check that out. Anyway. Probably. Okay. So Will and Maggie. I love any week that Will and Maggie get to work together. Yes. I yeah. Their friendship moments in this were really good. So are we calling them Magstead? Is that a thing? Well, I mean, Bertie get ship names too. Oh, I thought you meant that, that I Magstead yeah because i guess Wilgie. you wouldn't call them Wilgie. willie would just be weird that doesn't Will, make sense yeah magstead i guess yeah or lockstead yeah either magstead or lockstead bro tps get names too yeah I don't know. but i love i love any week they get to work together so they see each other outside and will is like balderdash and maggie's like what 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 are you talking about so Will's like, for your next game night, like we should play Balderdash, just an idea, because we haven't had one in a while. First of all, I think as a kid, Jay must have beat Will at every single game they played, and that's probably why he got so good at solo games. That's my guess. My little headcanon right there. I could see that. I could see that. Also, I want to go to a Maggie Lockwood game night. Okay. Does a Maggie Lockwood game night only have med people? Or do like the Fire and PD kids also get to come? I mean, I don't know who she's tight with on the other show, so I am, I, I imagine it being just Med. Fair, that's why. Just asking. Maybe Kevin. Maybe. I could see when Jay was around, you know, obviously Jay coming with Will or, you know, something like that. So, like, I yeah. could see Jay in that world. And then, of course, we have to dive down the rabbit hole of what games do they play? Who's good at what? Like, right. I don't know. The Medcast in like a four-hour game of Monopoly. I could see that. And like you don't you don't technically win Monopoly, you just like stop playing when you're bored. Why do the Medcast why do the med kids feel like they're like a charades? Like I just I envision them as like charades players. And like competitive AF. Yeah. Yeah. Or like um 
what Pictionary or whatever. Pictionary. Like in that realm of like acting something out. Yeah. Both in real life and just like on the show as their characters. I could see like both. They just seem like a charades people. I don't know why. why. I I miss the days when One Chicago Day was in person because they used to play goofy games and stuff like that. That would be hilarious. Some of those streams are really funny. Yeah, very funny. But I imagine imagine the med kids at charades would be pretty lit. Yeah. Yeah. Nick Gelfus. I just, I don't know why. Like, I just, I... I have that envisioned in my he head. He single-handedly would make that thing so hilarious. It would be so good. It would be so good. It would be so good. So it's like, do they do they play board games? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I want to go to a Maggie game night. They, I see them as board games over like card games. So okay, I don't feel like they're card game people. I could see that. I don't think Will would be very good at card games. I don't Will know why. Poker? He gives me that. <laughs> no, no. no. I can see Crockett being really good at card games. Yeah. Crockett and Archer, I feel like they could have their own little card game going on in a corner. Yeah. I could see that. I could definitely see that. Okay, case in point, I just, I want to go to a, a game night at Maggie's. Also, can somebody write that fic of Ma- like yeah. Maggie game night at Maggie's? Yes. And send it to it. us. Yes, please. Please. Oh, love it. So Will and Maggie get a patient who comes in with abdominal pain and it turns out that he was shot. Um, there's a moment where he just begs Maggie. He's like, let me leave. Please just let me go. Um, and yeah, we turn out, we find out that he was shot. So shockingly, we find out gunshots have to be reported by law. That's not the shocking part. The shocking part is Will's actually going to do it. I honestly, I don't think I really... Like, it makes sense, obviously, that gunshots, like, have to be reported by law. It just never really clicked that, like, legally you have even, you know, like, you have to report it. I just, it just never crosses my no, mind. No, that struck me odd, too. The minute Will said it, I was like, what? And I was like, I guess that makes, no, that makes it sense. It makes sense. It makes sense. But it just never would have crossed my mind that that's something they have to do. But it also, like... Because I think I'm just thinking of, like, doctor-patient confidentiality. So, mm-hmm. like, in this case, if the guy doesn't want to report it, like, uh, you know, like, I, I don't know. There's, like, a weird gray area. But it also doesn't make sense given how easy it is to buy a gun in this country. True. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. But, yeah, the minute Will said that, I was like, what? Oh. I guess it's because, like, normally when you think about gunshot and, to, like, gunshot victims, they already are accompanied by the police like normally you don't think about like someone just coming in having been shot but you know there's no police there already so i i guess i just never really thought about it given the the way that the system is set up it's like the authorities make more works they they make more work for themselves by making it so easy to buy a gun but then having to report it if somebody gets shot well and like how does that work with hipaa also a good question also a really good question Right, like I'm just thinking about it now, like because I was just thinking, I'm like so much for doctor-patient confidentiality. I'm like, but actually, though, like that's literally what HIPAA is. There are exceptions to that, and that very well may be right. And I obviously, I guess that is one of the exceptions. It's just like things I guess make sense, but I've never actually thought about before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, 
Um, the detectives come in. It's nobody we know. It's just other people from CPD. And their guy fits the description for a robbery. And I am so impressed with Will in this episode because he doesn't need like an inspirational speech from Maggie. He doesn't need to like see the light or anything of like, hey, this is what you're missing because you are you're not seeing this clearly. He just knows from the outset that Maggie points it out to him and we have the clip here. I know these guys are just chasing leads, but male, black, average height, medium bill. That could be a lot of people, Will. Yeah. And getting shot doesn't mean you're a criminal. I mean the way that Aaron took my hand at the intake, the way he looked into my eyes. I felt it too. I mean, I don't know if he did it or not. But I'm certain that they've already made up their minds. Okay, so so Connor told us via tweet, so I can share it here. He said, don't grade this episode on a curve. But I am loving the perspective that he brings to this episode. Mm -hmm. Love it. Yeah. I think you can definitely tell that this was written by a younger writer. Bingo. And not in a bad way, but like you can definitely tell. No, in the best way possible. Yeah. But even with some of like the AI stuff too, like you can just tell. Yeah. It was written by someone who's younger. Yeah. But I, I feel like I feel like Will would not have had this reaction if a different there if there'd been a different writer on this one. I could see that. Yeah. He would yeah, Will would have had a different reaction. I could have seen that. Yeah. 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 So the gunshot starts to bleed into his GI tract. Great. Awesome. Great, great news. Totally great. They roll him over and it's just blood everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they get that fixed up and it turns out that he does indeed need surgery. But it's basically, he he basically explains that like, look, I was at the robbery, but it's not what you think. I was getting a sandwich on my way to work. Went to the counter to pay and next thing I know, a gas jack in the place. He got a gun. Clerk got a gun. They firing. I ran. I felt getting hit, but I just kept running. It's been a week, though. Now, why didn't you come forward? Tell the police, us, when you first came in. Because trust has to go both ways. Look, I grew up bouncing house to house in foster care. Spent time living on the street, too. People like me, it don't matter what really happened. We gonna get blamed for it. And so he refuses the surgery because he knows he's going to get blamed. Yep. Like, it's terrible. That's so terrible. This whole episode just made me so mad in this, you know, for him. I was Mm -hmm. like, yeah and i did see a couple tweets where people were like these shows need to stop assuming that all the cops are racist and i wasn't i don't but it's it's not even it's it's not even i think them being overtly racist it's just like that systematic racism that has you know unfortunately been ingrained in most people and maggie even points that out in the description she's like that could like that description could fit anybody right yeah 
It's, I mean, and, and when I did practice law, I mean, I, 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 you know, I practiced like a minute of criminal law, but even from that minute, I could tell you that the system is so, so deeply flawed. Oh, it's so, yeah. It's so bad. And so to know that there's, it's, it's crazy and heartbreaking to put yourself inside of his shoes and realize that there's a system out there that is meant to help everybody else but for his community it's meant to it's out to get him Mm -hmm. yep that's a really sobering fact yep yeah yeah because i mean i and you can tell with will will's just like well wait a second like why didn't you call the police and and he even says it in like it's in that clip but you know will's just kind of like he gets it for for a second he's like what and then he's like oh because you're gonna get blamed and they're not even going to hear your side. They're just going to make their case and like put the evidence together and fit the narrative. Yep. Mind blowing. Scary. Yeah. Really scary. God. So Maggie calls in Kevin. Which like, hey, Kevin. Hey. Double dose of Kevin on a I Wednesday night. We're never complaining. Never, ever. Are we complaining? No, no. Um, do you remember a while back, somebody had tweeted us about like a crack ship and it being, uh, Maggie and Kevin. Yes. Thinking it would be like, just kind of a fun fling. This just fueled that narrative. I was like, I would not be opposed. Not the worst thing that could ever happen. Uh-uh. Nope. It would be good. Yeah. Just crack ship. We're not saying we want it to happen. We're saying that in, in an alternate universe, if it happened, we would dig it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They had a cute little hug. Yeah, sweet so um kevin had pulled some videos off pods and stuff and he was like it's all terrible it doesn't prove anything and maggie's like well what do we do like what you know there's got to be something we can do here and kevin says kevin just like spews his wisdom as he always does he just says he goes i like to say that there's always a why before there's a who and there's no why for this kid to have been at that robbery Mm -hmm. heaven Hmm. love him i would read like a book of just like kevin wisdom yeah you know how Lynn manuel miranda put that book together of like his good morning tweets and everything mm-hmm. like a book like that but with like kevinisms and then Leroy's narrates the audiobook because literally oh i just like literally i could just like listen to him talk for i would hours. fall asleep to that every single night right yeah just add that to the one chicago asmr list yep mm-hmm mm-hmm Love it. Lorraine Hawkins talking. Just <laughs> Lorraine Hawkins audiobook. But actually, though. Actually, though. So the detectives do exactly what we thought they were going to do. They matched the blood from his GI bleed to the blood from the crime scene. And like today, I learned some law from Will Halstead, y'all. Wow, Gina. Does that, how does that make you feel? Okay, I'll get there in a second. Okay, so first of all, he's like, he's explaining, Maggie's like, what the fuck? Like, you took the pad, the pads from the floor? And he's like, yeah, it's detritus. William! Like, I didn't know that word. You just taught me something I didn't know. I never touched medical, anything law with, like, medical. So I was like, I, you just taught me a new word. And then I looked it up, and it's just a fancy word for waste. But, like, sir, what did you score on your SAT? For real, though. Hmm. And how did he know the legal term? And does he watch Law and Order? Does Law and Order exist in the One Chicago universe? Is the real question. Yeah, it's like it's like Inception. It's like a show within a show. 
But is it does he watch regular? But Law can it though? Okay, but can it though? If SVU exists in the same world, he has met Olivia. Right. So can SVU as the show exist? Ooh. Like Will Halston can't go home and watch Law and Order SVU because those characters exist in One Chicago. Did we just find the first ever One Chicago paradox? I guess. <laughs> and like FBI can't either. Right. <laughs> they can't. None of them can exist. They can't just like go. God, imagine living in a world where law and order doesn't exist. Wow, I can't. I literally can't imagine it. What do they put on the TV for background noise? <laughs> Actually. For dun, dun, dun. Like the, that like doesn't exist. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bummer that we will never hear a dun-dun ringtone in any of One Chicago. No. Because it can't <laughs> exist. Because the characters exist. How funny and meta would it be, though, if, like, they did, like, an SVU crossover and, like, somebody had that ringtone and you just see Marishka go, what the fuck was that? That would be hysterical. It'd be really funny. What was that noise? Or, like, when they eventually do, like, another crossover with, like, SVU and whatever, like, one of the PD kids had it as their ringtone, and she's like, what? Huh? Like, that would be funny. Never heard that noise before. What is that? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay, well, he, surely he watches some legal show. Like, he watches, like, the fictional universe version of Law & Order that's, like, a law procedural that only exists in one Chicago. <laughs> yeah, only exists. I don't know. I don't know. So... The detective is just like waxing on. He's like, we matched the blood. We know he was there. And he's trying to make that sufficient enough to say like he was the offender. Did did you not find the murder weapon? Like, I I guess not. Real life lawyer, not a detective, watches a shit ton of TV. And even I'm like, did you do your job correctly? Guess not. Okay. All right. And then Will's not done. Will's like, well, lucky for you, he declined the procedure. And by law, the state can't force him to have it. Talk law to me, William. My goodness. <laughs> Your favorite version of Will. Oh my God. I was like, yes, talk lawyer to me some more. I didn't hate it. We, we know that, Gina. I make no apologies. No shame. None. Nope. What? It was kind of sexy. He knew his shit. Okay, this section's almost over, then I'll shut up, I promise. Okay, so <laughs> new goal. There's a new goal now because they get Crockett involved. The new goal, we're going to fix the pancreas, but we're going to leave the bullet. That does not sound safe. I would have, ne- yeah. Okay. I'm just going to say it. I'm going to take a Lauren phrase right out of Lauren's book and I'm going to say it. Ready? 2.0 gives me the ick. I don't like it. It's weird. It's really weird. It's really weird. I think it's more weird when I think about the fact that, like, medicine is probably heading there. Like, I don't think any, like, does a real-life version of 2.0 exist yet? I don't think so. But, like, it's weird to think that that's where it's probably going. Yes. I think it's weird that they can just, like, wave their hand, pull up a freaking, like, hologram hovering over the person's body, and rely on that imagery. Right. It's weird. It's really weird. And I don't know if you listened to our episode last week, but like I did. I I was starting to laugh every time Dr. Dupre was like, 2.0 has a solution for that. I was like, stop it. Yeah. No, they don't. Stop yeah, it. No. Now no. it's getting ridiculous. Yeah. So I'm it's glad we had like, weird. 
it's just weird how much all this AI technology like knows or like they've com- been it's been made to know so mm-hmm. many things. Like I don't know if you've heard of that new AI program. What is it called? Chat GPT, I think is what it is. Mm-mm. Where it's basically it's a free app or free website. And because I was talking about it with my dad today, that like basically you can like tell it what you want it to write and it'll write you like if you're say like a student and you're like I need to write a paper on the new deal or whatever and like it'll write you a like five page paper on the new deal like you don't even have to give it like the source like you, you just tell it like the subject and it'll like write it for you this thing's like barely a month old yeah but, like, apparently we were talking about it because, like, Microsoft is looking at, like, wanting to buy half the company um, and, like, incorporate it into, you know, like, their stuff. Um, but okay. it's, like, weird to think that, like, they just, it just knows. Like, kind of like 2.0. Like, it just knows all this, like, knowledge. It's, like, programmed to know. It's, like, it knows so much. Med is shining a light on some good stuff this season. It really is. Different things that I would have not thought about. Yeah, no, for sure. Like this, like seeing this, this makes me a little nervous because like we've got to be really careful with how we develop artificial intelligence. Right. Like I think there is some pros to it, but I think there's also cons to it too. Yeah. It just makes me nervous for, because I don't think, I think technology is obviously helpful, but I don't think technology can replace man. Not completely. I think it's a balance. Right. That's what I'm saying. Right. Exactly. Look at us getting all and like something like 2.0 bringing it back to med something like 2.0 makes it trying to seem like obviously i don't think they're gonna have robots well maybe one day they will have robots doing your surgery but like it's like i don't know it's just weird like i just i think there is a balance but 2.0 just knows so much and it's like weird it's really, yeah, it's on 2.0 is unsettling. I think that's why it gives me the egg. It's unsettling. And it kind of, it swallows Crockett up, right? Like it just kind mm-hmm. of, yeah, it swallows them up. I don't really, I, I don't like it. It's weird. And it's just like. When I don't, again, I mean, I get it. Crockett's like, well, Archer's technically a surgeon too, but it's just like Crockett falls into, for Crockett specifically, it's like, okay, so what? It's all of Crockett for the last back half of the season going to be about 2.0. Like, it was, like, last year it was all transplants. And this year it's, like, all Dayton and 2.0. I just feel like every season we're putting Crockett into a new box. And I'm, like, okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. But, I mean, it's good that they're, they're it's good that they're giving him different things to explore. Because I feel like w- what we're seeing this season is we're seeing him out of his comfort zone. Last season we saw him get kind of blinded by love. And this season he's kind of, like, pushing his own limits yes i just hope we don't get like the same like this storyline basically crockett figuring out how to work 2.0 over and over and over again i mean they're giving him more than they're giving sylvie brett right now yeah, we will get there we will get there we will get there um yeah the tony stark of it all with him just like waving his hands around it's it's odd and then yeah. what what's your take on the dupre thing because i know lauren and i talked about this last week are they gonna go there you think I don't know. It's hard to I say. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Because, like, right now, Med has no ships. None. No well, active Charles ships. and Liana. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, like, but no one's really, like, shipping them. Right. 
I mean, they exist, but like, you know. Hannah's in a love square. What? Hannah's in a love square. Yeah, Hannah's in a love square. Hopefully it doesn't turn into some the Pentagon, but um yeah. Let's so throw like, Crockett in the mix. Why not? <laughs> why not? Just yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so I don't know. I can see, I mean, like, if they if they decide to go there, I'm not gonna be surprised. But if they don't go there, I'm not going to be like, oh, man, like, I want them together so bad. They just need to go there. Like, I'd be a little disappointed. Yeah. You could have mean, work friends. I would like to see Crockett in a real relationship at some point. Mm-hmm. Like, we, you know, they only, we have, we, he gets, like, these, like, half versions. It's like, oh, like, they went there with um Natalie, but then, like, that that ended quicker than it should have. And then it's like. They tried to go there with Dr. Blake, but that nobody wanted that. We all wanted Avery. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like give Crockett a real ship, but like bring Avery back. I mean, I don't think she wants him though anymore. Yeah. Which is like a real bummer. Such a bummer. But yeah, that is a bummer. So yeah. Yes, I could see it going there, but I'm not gonna if they don't go there, I'm not gonna be like heartbroken that they didn't go there. Yeah. Yeah. But we got to ask the question just in case it happens, you know? Yep. Yeah. So Crockett's like, okay, well, we're just going to slip around the bullet. And that's what we're going to do. So it goes fine, of course. I'm glad there was minimal 2.0. Crockett like, is Crockett, yeah. Every time somebody's like, 2.0, do this. I'm like, oh, God, like, just stop it. No. Just stop it. Yeah. Um, so it goes well. And then they have a cute little fist bump moment outside where, you know, Dupre and Will and Crockett are just like, it's a good day. It's a good day. Like, mm-hmm. we did a good thing today. Which, like, okay, I mean, yeah, you did. It was a good day. You got the win. Awesome. But I have so many questions. Like, okay, so Crockett put the stent in, right? Like, to open up the neck of the pancreas. And when he did that, the whole bullet moved. Yeah. You're telling me that, like, it's okay? Right. Like, I get why they didn't take the bullet out in this instance. So, like, yeah, like, your next question. So, it's just going to be there for the rest of its life? It's just going to chill? Like, they can do that? I know there are some instances where like you can leave the bullet in, but I just, it just, I, I don't feel like out. this is one of those. Why didn't they just like pull a med or pull a will and like take the bullet out, but like pretend Not that like they them. left it in or something. Right. I don't know. So many questions. Yeah. So many questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at the end, Will finds Maggie on the green screen roof. And uh, Maggie finally tells Will that she and Ben are separated. Um, and Maggie just, Maggie's had these one-liners lately that are just heartbreaking. She comes in, says one line, and just leaves us, like, crying. Yeah. Okay, Maggie, it's cool. So she just explains, she's like, you know, because she she basically is, like, telling Will, she's like, you know, what we did today, we kept him from losing everything. You know, despite the truth of the matter, he almost lost everything. And so she just says, I love Ben with all my heart, and despite that truth, I'm going to lose everything. So I have a question. Do you think that Mag? Well, first of all, do you think Maggie and Ben are actually going to get divorced? I don't know. The fact that she put that on the table, I was like, wait, that was an option? So my second question is, do you think that the Maggie and Ben storyline is because, and the way that it's going and that like it may could potentially actually head towards divorce. Do you think that is because of like real life stuff? Like, like with Marlene? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I actually, I, I don't know. That's a good question. Like, do you think, 
if she's not sick and not around as much because obviously like she's in an episode and then like we'll kind of notice her not really in like you know the next episode or you know Mm -hmm. whatever like she's like in and out you know obviously of course to get her treatments so like I just wonder if that's maybe part of it or not I don't know like I just I didn't know it was just something that popped in my head I mean, if she's if she's gonna go and like find Ben and like fight for him to get him back, I could see that happening. Yeah. And then but. I was just like, I didn't expect him to actually go this far. So I was like, are they getting the divorce? Like, are they actually gonna go there? Because like we don't really see people that listen in one Chicago like get divorced. No. The, we saw Antonio, that last... was it. No, we saw Gabby and Casey too. <laughs> now that I say that. And technically Severide. Unlock or they got theirs an old. Trauma. Severide and Brittany got an old, right? Yeah, they got an old. Okay. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, yeah, so she and Will have a nice little hug. But yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know where they're going, but somebody yeah. needs to sit her down and be like, you need to fight for him. It needs to be like Severide and Casey the first time Dossie broke up and Sev was like, you need to fight for her. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. Do you? This was a good episode of Med. Yeah. Connor, you slayed. And we're not even just saying that because you're a friend. No, it's because you slayed. Because you, you slayed. slayed. Yes. Also, please come on the pod. Please. We'd have so much fun together. We're going to make it happen it's this happen. summer. We would have so much fun. We could just talk Marvel for an hour and a half. We do that. We can talk Marvel with anybody. Nerdy writer shit. Yeah. Yeah. Totally nerdy writer shit. Yeah, and Connor was kind enough to answer some nerdy questions for me. I'm not going to share the answers here because it was like behind the scenes nerdy shit of like technical writing questions that would bore the crap out of all of you. But I find it like super interesting. Yeah. Anyway. Any other notes on med? No. Um, next week should be interesting regarding 2.0 because it looks like Archer's finally going to get in there. Oh. And he's going to hate it. Hate every second of it. And I'm kind of going to be living for it. I'm kind of okay with it. Yeah. yeah. I'm digging it. All right. Moving into fire. Moving into fire. I see who is first up. So just like rage. Rage. It's all rage. <sighs> Why? 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 I just, yeah. Take it away. All right. So story starts and Herman walks into the house and it is a mess we also get a bunch of we get some Herman kid signings we get Annabelle and um Max? Max is the middle one and then what's the baby well no I don't think it's the baby I think it's the one well Kenny's the no. baby yeah so Annabelle is chasing Kenny but then Max is the one that like comes in at the end and is like this is a mess or whatever so we see three of them you guys, Annabelle, Annabelle's wearing bras now. Annabelle is, like, all of a sudden went from, like, 6 to 16. And I'm like, where did, when did, she, when did they get, when did they all just get so old? They got so old. So old. It's crazy. Lee Henry's probably, like, 23 now. I mean, Kenny is 10. Little baby Herman is, And like that's not even her. accounting for any time jumps. That's just, like, straight by the season's 10. That's insane. That's wild. Which means baby Terrence is like eight. Something like that. Yeah. That's crazy. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Anyway. 
So Cindy's in bed. She's not feeling well. And Herman's just like, listen, I'll take care of things. And Cindy's like, really? And he's just like, this is the most Herman line ever. He's just like, I'll just drop him off at Juvie on the way to work. Like literally the most Herman thing ever said. I love them. I love them so much. They are goals. Yeah. So while he's on shift, Herman calls to check in on Cindy um you know because at first she's like oh well you know i've been holding off getting my covid test so like i'll go get it whatever she's covid negative she's still not feeling great though so herman's like i'll call dr marcel and make a doctor get a doctor recommendation for you you know to get checked out and i'm like i just love the little we had to make a little med reference i love it i love a little mini crossover yeah so they go to the doctor and the doctor points out from the x-ray like a little cloudy area in her chest and they're like okay well we want to get a closer look at with that with you know at it with a cat scan and at first they're like well so should we be concerned and the doctor's like not yet it could be just like the flu or something you know like you could still be fine um turns out though they come back for a few days later for the results and it's not good because Cindy has lung cancer. What the fuck? Yeah. What? The Why? Fuck? Why? Why? The Hermans of all people. Right. And like, part of me, because it's the Hermans, I want to say that like, for sure that she's gonna be okay and that like they're just gonna go through this and and they're just doing this to torture us or whatever and for the drama and to give david like a meaty storyline but i have trust issues so i don't really know if i can say for comp with confidence that i really believe that yeah no for sure with the trust issues and this season has been traumatic. traumatic yes this has been a very painful season on every show Every single show. Fire most of all, though. Fire most of all. Look, episode three fucked us all up, okay? Mm-hmm. It fucked us up. Big time. And since then, it's just been pain on pain on pain. Violet's been Violet's been grieving. You've had that. Mm-hmm. You've got Carver with the scar. He finally fessed that up. You had Stella ride. Stella got impaled by some debris last week. It's, yep. it, it, we're, we are emotionally battered is what we are so this this is not helping this is too much nope this is too much right and i realize that like i i get what they're doing and like you know this happens in life where you know you get your happy wonderful family and then all of a sudden life just like smacks them upside the head but this is too much well and i feel like if they're trying to give david a meaty like emotional storyline which is what i feel like the reason why they're doing this i'm like there's other ways you could do this well i mean i think we'd we'd be we'd be equally angry if they gave him lung cancer no but i'm just saying like if that's their goal they're like okay we're gonna give like it's herman's you know arc you know to give him like something and they want to go emotional rather than funny and comedy there's other things they could do to give I, I don't know what like he could have a call you know something bad happened on a call like there's just like other things that aren't just this mm-hmm. I mean I, I I guess they were looking for something to really rattle him but there's such a thing as too much pain well like I said I just have trust issues like oh, I, in my heart I want to believe that there this is just an arc but like they can't they can't they, 
they can't kill Cindy Herman they off, right? Kill Cindy Herman. They Derek can't... wouldn't do that, right? Right? Would he? No. I know. I'm like actually terrified. Mm-hmm. I am like actually terrified. Yeah, me too. Me too. Nothing's off the table on fire. I know. I like can't accurately put it to wor- into words like how like I'm so mad I'm just like uh, why 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 and like Herman's reaction and just like he's so he's so shocked and just like the the stream of consciousness that he lets out about his he's like no I'm supposed to get lung cancer not her like she doesn't smoke right he's the firefighter oh I mean I guess that's why they did it is to rattle him to the core but like in in in, in the same season as all the other shit that's right. been going on right i really that i mean like i think we'd all be mad if because they're doing this to cindy of all people but like if you said this storyline happened last year i don't think i think there's still rage but i don't think it's as intense yeah i can see that i yeah i think you're right on that i think you're right and okay we've already had look this is a season of a movie theater getting dumped on somebody's head violet losing maybe the love of her life in about and that's just on fire, let and alone not even fire. considering, like, all the character exits that we've had, both on PD and on Med. Like, it's just, like, we're just not in a good place. You guys, somebody on fire took an RPG through the leg this season. Yep. And that's not even, that's just, like, oh, it's Wednesday. A rocket-propelled grenade, and he kept his leg and lived to talk about it. And that is literally just like an, oh, it's Wednesday thing. Like that's yeah. not, that's like number like 20 on the like most shocking things that's happened in one Chicago this year. We've been through a lot of shit this season. We're only 11 episodes in, Jesus. We're like barely past the halfway point. We're like 52% done with the season. Yeah. It's too much. Mm-hmm. It's too much. I did see a tweet, um. Uh, I saw a tweet during the episode and was like, somebody was like, oh my God, Derek's going to take Cindy Herman with him. And I was like, oh, that's horrible. That's horrible. He does talk about how much he likes, he loves Cindy. Everybody loves Cindy. I know, but Derek especially is always like, yeah, we love Cindy. In all his interviews, he's when people ask like, if we're going to see the wives, he's like, yeah, you know, we love Cindy. And I'm just like. I know. But what what impact would that have if they killed her off and i mean we've got to jump to conclusions because that's what, what they're implying yeah yeah if they do that i mean herman is a single father of five his oldest is like 22 or 23 but then the younger ones i mean kenny's 10 annabelle's like 16 the kids are mostly grown but you know kenny would need some help and like would would herman retire what would he do do we need to see two people in firehouse 51 lose the loves of their lives we don't need that in one season in one season I know. we don't need it no we don't need it nope not one bit we don't want it nope nope like i feel like there's so many words that i have that i just can't articulate right now other than just like rage Mm-hmm. rage so mad anyway uh we got a couple listener thoughts twitter did light up when this happened and it was mostly all people just going no yeah 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 
So Natasha said Herman would be Casey's uncle, the watchman who basically warned his wife for the rest of his life and didn't fully live. I don't want that for Herman. Natasha, my God. Such a good connection though, but oh, like we so don't good. We don't want this. Yeah, so good, but also like my heart. Ow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and then she said, and the Herman episode where he met the guy who missed out on the woman he loved, and it made him even more appreciative of Cindy and their life together. Killing me. And she just goes, fire set us up. Yeah. Excellent callbacks that we did not make. Yeah. Um, Heather B said, first of all, leave it, leave Cindy Herman alone. Second of all, Christopher saying he was the one who's supposed to get lung cancer had me crying. Mm -hmm. I hate this storyline because it's going to be so hard for them. But I'm also kind of excited to see how it plays out in both Robin and David's beautiful acting. Yeah. I think the acting is obviously going to be amazing. But is Herman going to tell the team right up front or is he going to kind of try and hide it? He's going to tell Bowden and Mouch. He's going to hide it from everyone else. They're going to have a little trio, that trio meeting of the minds. And yeah. He's going to have to come clean to Bowden at least for sure because he's going to need time off to go take care of Cindy. Oh my god. I know, we're not ready. Why? Why? But actually though. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. But actually though. Hermans of all people. Mm-hmm. Like they're high school sweethearts. Yeah. It hurts my heart. Yeah. Uh Jen said, poor Herman and Cindy and her cancer. What are they doing? I just hope it's not a magical cure thing where by two episodes it's gone. I mean, I want her to go into remission, but I also want the storyline to be realistic. That was that's the only reason why I'm just like, you know, we we'd be pissed if they gave the lung cancer to Herman, but you know what they would have done with him is probably what they did with Rob Lowe on Lone Star. Where, you know, he had it for like a season and they were like, magic, it's in remission. Mostly because we need to tell other stories. Right. Yeah. It's but a good like, point. It's like you, it's like the fan in you of these characters like wanted to be gone. But like storyline wise, you're like, okay, but like it doesn't just happen where it's like gone in two seconds. No, but with that said, if next week they were like, oh my God, we confused your scans with somebody else. You don't have lung cancer. I'd be totally fine with it. I'd be like, you guys are jerks for pulling the false alarm, but I'm glad it was false alarm. Well, no, but I think the thing is, is like, unless there's not a time jump, if they actually do have her, like, even just do like one episode of treatments and then they're like, and there's no time jump and they're like, okay, it's gone. Like, you know, like it were like, no. Yeah. No, you can't do that either. So bad. So bad. Yeah. Oh my God. And then like, cause we saw that the description for 12 obviously mentioned, you know, Cindy's diagnosis. And so like when the episode started, of course, everybody was playing internet doctor. We were like, okay, well, if she's coughing, what does that mean? I thought they were going to go the breast cancer route, mm-hmm. but yeah. And then and, like midway through the episode, it clicked. I was like, they're going to fucking give her lung cancer. They're going to, they're yep. going to do that. Oh, they yep. fucking did it. Mm-hmm. So mean, so mean. You know what else was mean? Bringing in Hawkins cousin yeah mm-hmm. 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 yeah so violet and brett and emma next up is what's going on here so natalie hawkins shows up at 51 yes evan's cousin evan's cousin yeah that we've never heard of before nope nope not one bit nope so she's been staying at his apartment to box everything up and you know they're getting ready to sell the place all that stuff and she's just like so violet if you want to come by and you know just grab anything you might want you could do that and so she's like yeah okay and then she's like oh god going to his apartment's gonna be like weird 
The thing about this, though, is, like, Natalie mentioned, she's like, I know how close you guys were. Like, but no, but, like, that's such a weird phrasing for, like, this is your girlfriend. Like, they loved each other, and it's like, I know how close you guys were. That's just, like, a weird phrase. Like, I I don't know. I don't know. The phrasing's a little weird. I know. Like, I guess the family, the family obviously knew about Violet enough for, like, her to know where to find her, but, like. Do we think they really knew? Yeah, I don't know. Because, like, Hawkins never mentioned anything about his family when he was The only thing we know is, obviously, his dad, you know, because he got the job because of his dad. You know, his dad's CFD. So, like, do you think he kept it close to the vest? But then it's, like... Probably, actually. But then it's also, like, they had to know enough for Natalie to come find Violet at 51. Yeah. So it's, like, a weird... But Natalie did say that, like, she and Evan were close, so maybe he confided in her, but nobody else. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know, just that phrasing of, like, I know how close you guys were. It's not something I would think family of my dead boyfriend. Like, it's just, like, you know, like, a weird phrase. Like, I wouldn't say that. Yeah, weird choice of words. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So Brett gets a message after they drop a patient off at med that paramedicine is being audited. Okay. Again. 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 Didn't we like just do this? Season 10. Well, that's when she was trying to like prove it to Hawkins. So yeah. 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 And so she's basically just like, well, shit, you know, like Hawkins was the biggest champion and he's gone and now it's somebody else's problem. So now they're taking a new look at it. And so Emma shows up and like this, this, this girl, she shows up with like just this big old grin on her face. She, I just want to like punch her. That bitch. That bitch. That bitch. Yeah. So she comes to drop off the paperwork on Carver's case and she just so happens to run into Violet and hand it to her in person. And Violet, like the the self-controlled queen. I just, I wanted to see her decker so bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then she drops a comment about paramedicine and she's like, it was a really good program while it lasted. And that's when Violet puts it together. She's like, this bitch. For real though. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So Violet does go to Evan's apartment and like the shirt. The picture. The sticky note. Ugh. I'm sorry, but that that Meredith and Derek's sticky note has nothing on that one. Every time I see that picture, too, because, like, the way Violet's looking at him, I just, I can't. I know. I know. Like, I know those are, like, stage photos, but, like, I don't even care. Like, they're it's just so, so real cute. to me in my heart. I know. I know. Yeah. And so Violet sees his laptop just sitting there, and she's like, can I borrow that? And the cousin's like, yeah, just keep it. Just keep it. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. So Violet opens the computer. There was no password on that baby. Yeah, no. Evan, sir. Careful. Um, yeah, so she opens the computer. There's no password. And it's like the most gorgeous picture of Hanako as his background. Oh, so pr- yeah. Love her. Love her. But yeah, Violet was his background, which like, okay, all right, cool. I'm already feeling my heart even more. It's yeah. fine. Let's just pour that on. Mm. Okay, that's cool. Turns out Hawkins recorded everything. And Violet even makes the point to point that out to Brett. She's like, you remember how I told you he makes memos for everything? Which case in point, here is a whole folder titled, yeah. 
EJ for Emma. Jacobs. Yeah. And he fi- or she finds a voice memo that he recorded after an encounter with Emma. And he spills all the tea. He's like, so I just talked to Emma. And she blackmailed me. And she did this, that, this, this. And she listed out the, like, he spilled all the tea. All the tea. Mm-hmm. So Violet was like, fuck yeah. Like, we got it. We got it. So um, Violet and Bowden. Bowden goes with her, which I love. I love that Bowden went with her. And they they took the memos to internal affairs. And so Violet comes outside and she goes, and now you'll never forget Evan Hawkins either because he's the man who just ended your career. Boom. Boom. Nope. You know when, like, in basketball, when they're commentating and they're like, from downtown, like, from the grave. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) You were really on one tonight. I don't know. I I missed you, okay? I I had all this energy pent up. I don't know. But it's true, though. Some, I did see a tweet where somebody was like, wow, Evan took her down twice, once while he was alive and once in the afterlife. Like, that's impressive. <laughs> yeah. Yep. From the grave. Yeah. But is Emma gone now? Something tells me she's not. I don't know why. She's like a cockroach. Like, she just won't die. Die. Yeah, I know. <laughs> she won't die. She'll come back probably right like it just doesn't feel like it still feels anticlimactic yeah 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 i also somebody else brought up a really good point too talking more about brett and that's why i said that we would get into this is that um there's been a lot of chatter on the internet about how you know they were about to give brett something interesting but then, but they did it, and they made it all about Violet. They're, yeah, hold they're, on. They're, I'm gonna find that tweet because it's in our group text. Hold on a second. Yeah, it, it's it's a it's a great point. Hold on a second. My messages will pull up. Um, we text too much. Oh, the Sylvie fights to save her paramedicine storyline had nothing to do with her and was all about Violet. It's a great point. It is. Yep. They, look, I realize that you've got a lot of characters on the show. It's an ensemble show. You can only give people so much spotlight a week. But all they've done with Sylvie since the breakup with Casey is alternate between paramedicine and her dating life. And you barely touched the dating life. Barely. And like barely touched paramedicine too. She's been in the background like ever since. Well, just like, what are they doing with her? Right. Like, exactly. and it's, I mean, like, there are other characters, like, Ritter, we, we've literally not seen any Ritter except to be, like, the side to, in Gallo and Violet stuff, but it's just, like, Ritter, like, Sylvie was, I, Sylvie is, like, top of the, I don't know what number character is on the call sheet, but she's, like, up there, because mm-hmm. she's been around for so long, and it's just, like, okay, so you're taking Sylvie, who's such a main character, and, like, what are you doing? Yeah, I, I thought that was a great point that was raised. One is like they've just proven time and time again how important paramedicine is. So like we and know how Sylvie is and how love we like we got it and we I love that they're showing how important Sylvie is and like how important what the work that Sylvie is doing is. 
but it's just like okay well if you can't do anything else then be like oh yeah this is great and like obviously it is great but it's just like then what else is there like what else if she's so important why is she just in the background this season right and the work that she's doing like I, I just I don't know most of her stuff this season outside of the Casey stuff in the first couple episodes it's been to like bolster Violet yeah which hey like you look. said even this is all about the Violet and Emma stuff mm-hmm. which we we love Violet Violet for president yes and we love friends supporting friends but Brett does stuff too mm-hmm. I don't know I just I, they just need to figure out you know something and I don't know what that is like I'm sitting here trying to think about it and I'm like mm-hmm. even if you take like a different approach to paramedicine i'm like trying to think of a way i I, but i don't know what that i don't know what that looks like it's starting to remind me of daniel on revenge um which i know you didn't finish it which like no it still makes me sad but there came a point in revenge where daniel was just kind of there he was just there and then he eventually died on the show yeah not saying they'll do that to brett but i'm trying to think like i'm even thinking about like on station 19 because they have like you know their crisis one Mm -hmm. um program um which is kind of similar kind in a way it's more mental health focused but still and like they did an episode even where they like were training everyone else in how to become like crisis one responders like okay well like just to do something a little different but it's like okay obviously the work that brett is doing is important and we understand that but he can't be Brett and Mouch the whole time. So why can't we have, like, Brett one day go train everyone else to do paramedicine? Like, something just even for, like, one episode. Like, keep the paramedicine stuff, but do something different with it than just prove how important it is. They're they're doing to her what they're doing to Haley right now, where they're just, like, she's in a box. Right. Because you took the one, you had the stories there with the ship. Mm-hmm. And you take that out of the equation and they, you realize that they're not as developed as you thought they were. And you're just like, okay, so now what? Yeah. Because it's like, it's one thing when you, because like you, the ship hides some of those like development errors. Because the ship is moving forward and the ship is progressing, but the characters themselves as individual humans are not. Would we call it a development error or would we call it uncharted territory? And that, it could be a little bit of both. Right. And then the question is, is if it's uncharted territory, why haven't we gone there yet? I don't know. And I think the question is too, and I would be, I'm sure this is a conversation that's had in the writer's room, Mm -hmm. both in fire, obviously as we're talking about Breton, I'm sure even on the PD side is like, Especially the PD side, because technically Haley's still married and nobody knows what's happening on the J. It's like, okay, so what, like, what, just like, how do you move forward when, like, and I think that was probably a big part, like, when Gabby left Casey. Like, okay, how do you move this character forward who's been in a ship for so long and, like, it's such a beloved thing and we know that once they move on, it's gonna be hard. Like, it's gonna be hard for the fans to accept that the character's moving on, but they have to move on. But it's like, how do you do that? Yeah, okay, but let's look at this from that perspective with Dossie. I'm glad you brought that up because this one just kind of surrounds the females, right? Upton and Brett. Did they pigeonhole Casey like this once Gabby left? I remember Naomi came in. But what happened after that? Then they kind of start the Brettsy stuff. Like, very lightly. But, like, 
So season seven is when they break up. Naomi's like the middle of season seven. And then, and then by the end of season seven, well, at the end of season seven, you have obviously the Otis death. But like at the very end of season seven, like a few episodes before that is when you kind of get your first like inklings of like, or are they gonna go there with Bretzy? Are they not? Nobody, like nobody really knew. It was like, oh, that, okay, that's kind of a moment. But like, I'm trying to remember what else like personally helped happen with Casey at that point. When did the watch happen? Nine, season nine. I'm like so that was when he and I'm, Brett were like in yeah. the middle of getting together. Yeah, and then he had the stuff with his head, and that's when yeah, they, that they started nine. to bond. That was nine too. That's nine. Yeah. What happened in eight? Why are we blanking on this? What happened in eight? Or seven? Yeah, I'm, like, I'm trying to, I'm just trying to think of what Casey's track was between when Gabby <laughs> what left. happened to Casey? Yeah, I'm trying to remember what the hell happened to Casey between when Gabby because left and Everything when I'm thinking of is, like, Bretzy related. So, like, that doesn't help me. I know. Well, Dossie feels like Bad it was so long Casey. ago. Hold on a second. I will tell you in two seconds. Where's the wick up? I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out if they wrote Casey into the same box that they've written Sylvie and Haley into. Blah blah. Oh, Casey starts mentoring Gallo. That's all. Um, eight. Um, Dawson comes back in eight. Gabby comes back for that. You know that one episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, nine. So you could argue that no, they didn't. You could argue. But also, there was more time between Gallo coming in and Gabby leaving. There was more time between the two. We're bar- we're not even season. a full season removed from the Bretzy breakup. Well, yeah, and I just, it's just, it's just, like, nobody's saying that has to happen in, like, two, like, obviously, this is a long game. Like, you know, even, like, with Casey, like, it's a long game. It's not something that, it's an, it's not a four-episode arc that's mm-hmm. gonna happen, and then by the end of the arc everything's ready to go yeah. but like it's just like a there is no clear direction on what they're doing here she's just kind of there and it would just be nice to know okay like because we even know that guy that she's dating um now whose name i can't remember the friend that Dylan? evan wanted yeah that sounds familiar yeah. like we all know that's not her and that's not her new ship mm-hmm. right so like so okay, yeah, they date for a couple more episodes and then they break up. So then now what? Right. Like, what happens? Back to paramedicine. Like, but, like, even then, like I said, they've just got to do something different. Like, I'm not saying get rid of paramedicine, obviously, but, no. like, you've got to do something different. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think they should do, like, an episode like Station 19 did, you know, where it's like, okay, well, Brett's now showing other people who volunteered to do paramedicine ships, like, how to, you know, go on the calls. Because, obviously, it's her and Mouch, but, like, you know, just do something a little di- a little bit different until you figure out. But, like, again, paramedicine only is going to take you so far. You can't just keep Brett in the paramedicine hole forever. What if Kylie fails the firefighter test and then takes the medic test and then Brett has to mentor her? That could be interesting. Just solve that problem. That'd be interesting. That'd be interesting. Yeah, because you didn't even get a ton of that because Violet was already working. It's not like Violet came into 51 as like a brand new medic. Violet already, 
Violet was already PIC at a different house. So there's not been that men- they're just friends. Yeah. Which is great, but like they're just friends. There's not like a mentorship stuff there. Right. Right. I don't know. The, the I don't know things just to kind of see where they go, but they gotta figure it out though, because this yeah. is like it's bad. They're they're doing her a disservice at the mm-hmm. moment. And just Kara as like a long, you know, someone who clearly loves this show, loves this community, you know, has been around since season three. Like, what are you doing? Yep. Yep. It's a great point and I'm glad Twitter caught it. Yep. I mean, it's something I've been thinking about for a while too, but like you see it and just, it's like so wordly, per- perfectly worded and you're just like, yeah, that. That. That, that, that is, is what I'm I've feeling. been trying that. to say. Yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. So um, we got some listener thoughts on this one, um, on the Violet and Hawkins of it all. So Heather B. said, in round two of shaky evidence of the night, (laughs) as much as I loved Violet going back to Evan's apartment and finding peace with his belongings, this just felt like even more of a letdown than the first time Emma was defeated. As much as I hate her, I hope this isn't the last we see of her because she seems like someone who should really go out in a blaze of glory. Maybe the third time's the charm. If this was supposed to be Violet making peace with Evan's death by going back to his place and facing her grief personified, it felt incomplete. That's a... Okay. A couple of points. Yeah, I definitely agree. I feel like every time Violet's or um, Emma's been defeated, they've kind of felt anticlimactic in some ways i like i just expect emma to like go out and be like shout like have like a shouting match like she said like it's emma just is so dramatic and so i just can't stand her i just i need it does felt a little like okay like okay i like violet's line about like obviously you know now you'll never forget evan hawkins because he's the man who just ended your career like that's a great line yeah but um you know not how I necessarily envisioned Emma going down again, but. I like um, the place of glory that she referenced. She almost, she really does need an exit, kind of like Jennifer Coolidge just had in the new season of White Lotus. Like she needs, she needs to go out in like a big spectacle. Right. I like that um, she brought that up. And then, yeah, I definitely agree too. Like, I hope this isn't like, this wasn't supposed to be like the final closing the book on the Violet grief storyline. Like just keep it going. No one says you need to do whole like B storylines on it, but like you just need to keep seeing those moments. Cause like that would, you know, Violet's not ready to move on yet. We, we you know, right. we're not there yet. Right. Don't rush her. Um, and uh, uh, going back to the Hawkins voice memo, I forgot that we, we had talked about this last night. I'm glad it was a voice memo. I'm glad it wasn't a video. I was really didn't know like once I saw Jimmy obviously teasing I was like oh shit I was like I I was like they're not bringing him back from the dead obviously but I was like I yeah I was like I don't know what to expect from this and then I I figured it was gonna be like a video that she finds like on a laptop or you know something like that and so I was not prepared and then once I got the voice memo I was like okay that wasn't that bad. Yeah, because if it had been a super cute video of them or something and then like he was talking in the background like that would have that would have hurt. I would have, yeah, that would hurt. Yeah. This, though, was still, it is kind of funny, though, that it's like, when you think about it, they're like, oh, yeah, Jimmy, we want you back. But, like, you probably don't even have to come to Chicago. You could just go to a recording studio in New York. And just literally say this one line for us. Just send us a voice memo. Right, literally. <laughs> literally, and we'll pay you for it. Yeah, pretty much. 
I mean, that's a great gig if I'm him, but like. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's just weird to think about. It's like, oh yeah, you literally have this one line. We don't even see you. You probably just went into a booth somewhere, but like you just got paid. Okay, cool. Yep. Law and order. Like, go snatch him up. He's there. Go. In New York. In New York. He's local. Just just looking out for our friends. Yep. Yep. I mean, there's two other FBI's too. I mean, Jimmy can go to Europe. Why not? Send the man to Budapest. Let him go live his best life in Europe. (laughs) For real though. It's a good show. I love international. Anyway. Um. Now shifting over to the best pair of blue eyes in Chicago. Severide. 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 Yeah. Okay. So Sev gets a call that Commander Pierce is coming to see him. If you don't remember Commander Pierce, he is the guy from a couple weeks ago who basically was like, oh, you need a favor? Great. Before I do that, let me tell you what a shitty son you were to Benny. Right. That jackass. And now you owe me. Uh, Yeah. So... He because he said basically he's like, Oh, you like you remember you I owe you a favor. And so he comes to collect. He comes to collect said favor with an insurance adjust, adjuster named Melissa Keating. Hey Jana Kramer. Hi. Yeah. Nice it's to like see you. we knew that she was coming, but even just like seeing her on here, I was like, this is kind of weird. It is, wasn't it? I know. It was a little weird. There was something like anticlimactic about it. I think because she was posting so much, I <laughs> A, thought she was going to be around for a lot longer than she was. Like, I just thought because she posted so much on Instagram that I was like, I thought she would, it would just be a bigger thing. And it wasn't. It did feel like she would be around multiple episodes and who knows, maybe she will, but. I don't think so. I also, Melissa really bothered me though. She irritated the crap out of me. So I think that didn't help either. Yeah. Because, um, you know, she's a one tree hole alum. We love. We love our One Tree Hill people. I mean, we, and I love Shanna, mm-hmm. obviously. But, like, yeah. Melissa, her character, eh, no. don't care. No. So Pierce is calling in his favor. And, like, an, of all the favors in the world to call in, it's almost like he's doing this to bother Kelly. Like, of course he is. What a jackass. Oh, my God, this guy. So Pierce is like, um, you're going to investigate Van Meter for fucking up an arson. Of all of the people in the world. I literally... Last week, I fell asleep, like, right at the end of fire, and so I missed the promo, and, like, the next day when I went back and watched it, I was like, holy shit, I can't believe they're actually going after Van Meter. Pierce must have a lot of friends. Or a lot of enemies. He must be really fun at parties. Said no one ever. (laughs) Yeah, that was sarcasm. Yeah. Definite sarcasm. So, yeah, he's like, you're gonna investigate Van Meter. He fucked up an arson. And Kelly's like, are you fucking kidding me right now he's like no i'm not doing that and pierce is like no but you are though you are so sev just kind of very reluctantly agrees he's like fine fine i'll do it um and stella is right there by his side with the encouragement and she puts it in perspective which is good she just says she's like look you are his best chance at getting a fair shake you're the right man for the job because if he if he did it you find it if he didn't do it you clear him yep yeah yeah so Kelly sneaks into OFI and he gets all the evidence boxes he needs to go through. Cool. Great. He stays at the firehouse after shift so he can go through it all. And yeah, he's trying to, he's trying to get through it before Van Meter realizes that he took it, but he runs out of time and Van Meter shows up and this happens. What is this, Severide? 
Why do I feel like I'm being ambushed? Look, you know the insurance company disagrees with you on the cause of this fire. How is that any of your business? They think you're covering something up. Now CPD's involved. And you're helping them. I'm trying to help you. Why didn't you disclose your relationship with the property owner? Stephen Flores? That's not a relationship. That's, that's just a guy I used to know. OK, well, you look pretty cozy in a photo that I saw from a few years back. My high school reunion? That's what they're basing this on? <sighs> Severi, that insurance investigator is wrong about the accelerant. The charring, she noted, was due to an isoparaffinic hydrocarbon from a can of charcoal lighter fluid that likely got crushed under a firefighter's boot in zero visibility. The fire preceded that spill. The real cause was a high-voltage short and a faulty EV charger. The evidence you just mentioned, it's not here. Sure it is. It's not. Well, then it got lost. I don't get it. After all we've been through, after all the trust that I've put in you, you can't reciprocate? You just take their word for it that I'm covering up for an old friend? Let me tell you something, Severide. Steven Flores isn't one-tenth the friend that I thought you were. Vanmeter, why did you handle the investigation yourself? I expected a lot more from you line about like being 10 times the friend that kelly ever was oh yeah van meter really dropped the mic when he said that i was like oh i was like i cannot believe well he's hurt. i mean he's upset he's he feels betrayed. I mean, yeah no i get it it's just like damn why couldn't kelly just tell him i owe pierce a favor right and like he put me up to this he forced me into it because then i feel like he you know I don't know. I don't know. And like, what if Kelly had just said no? But he wouldn't have because of what it meant to Van Meter. Because Pierce would have found another way to get him into hot water. Yeah. And I think deep down he knew that Stella was right. That like, if there was any chance that Van Meter's going to get out of this, you know, without his name and reputation being damaged, it's Severide. Right. Right. Because he's so freaking good at arson that, you know, he's going to solve the case regardless. Yeah. Yeah. True. Um, so Kelly meets with Melissa, the cute air quotes, cute investigator. Estella refers to her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. The, the thing that irks me about Melissa is that she's like, she's trying to like, she's trying to show Kelly, like, I know things about arson. So at one point she's like, this was a blatant accelerant. Excuse me, ma'am. You just got here. Sit down. Right. Sit down. Well, even in the beginning... And like, you know, when she's first introduced, you know, Pierce says something about like, oh, yeah, you know, Severide, you know, he's Benny Severide's kid. And she's like, oh, yeah, I think I've heard that name. Like, you're an insurance. You work for an insurance company. Like, how would you know an old school CFD firefighter? Like, no. And how, how saying that. if you know that name, how often are you trying to shake down CFD? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She she irritated me. And like, if because if you were really working on arsons that much, you probably would know via meter, and because you're working with OFI, I would assume a lot. And like, then you would probably know what Kelly knows and knows that he's not guilty. 
Yep. She's saying. Yep. So OFI had been shorthanded at the time. And so the arson that he fucked up, it was basically it was his friend um, who like or had an insurance acquaintance. acquaintance. Yeah. So they're, they're suspecting him of insurance fraud is what they're doing basically. Um, and so OFI was shorthanded and that's why Van Meter personally handled the case. And so Severite's like, let's go through every single box of evidence from that time period just to make sure it didn't end up in the wrong box. Oof. That sounds like a very tedious, boring, horrible task. Mm-hmm. But Seb did it. So at first they're doing it. They can't find anything. Seb's like, I'm going to keep digging. Like it's, it's in here. It, it, it just is. This is what we're doing. And so they take the missing evidence box to Van Meter and he was right. It was in the wrong box. Yep. It's in the wrong box. And so, yeah. Melissa just goes, "You or was it Melissa or Pierce who said this? Uh, Melissa. Okay. Yeah. So she just said, she's, you got lucky though. He never lost faith in you. Damn right. Kelly didn't. Just Kelly things. Yep. Just Kelly things. Yep. So uh, Kelly then goes to see Commander Pierce. You were right about Van Meter from the jump. What made you so sure? You know how you always gave my old man props for making a good investigator out of me? Uh, Benny might have been a great arson chief, but he was no teacher. He was nothing but critical and judgmental of me at every turn. Van Meter taught me most of what I know about fire investigation. He guided me, put his trust in me, showed me nothing but respect. I just wanted to show him something back. Fair enough. Thanks for your help. We're even. We're even. Nice work. You know, Kelly, your dad was a lot of things. Some good, some bad. But in the end, he was just a man. At a certain point, you got to stop measuring yourself and everyone else against him. It was really interesting to hear Severi talk about his relationship with Van Meter and how much he's learned about arson from him. Because, like, mm-hmm. we always joke about, like, you know, every time Van Meter shows up, we're like, really? You again? But, like, it would make sense, right? Like, as much time as they spend together. And, like, obviously, I think Severi, A, did learn stuff from Benny. And, like, B, a lot of it, he's just because he grew up around the CFD, he's just picked up on. But, like, the more I thought about it after that, I was like, oh, yeah, like, he probably has learned a lot about how he solves arsons from Bib. Like, it just never really crossed my mind. Yeah, no, me neither. Me neither. Because, I mean, yeah, obviously, Benny instilled in him, like, the, the love and the knowledge, and then Van Meter probably taught him more about, like, the the technical side. Right. Well, and, like, obviously, like, we hear Severide speak highly of Bowden and how much Bowden taught him, you know, about like just being a leader in general and squad and, you know, like all that stuff. But like, again, Bowden has nothing to do with arson mm-hmm. and that's a whole different set of skills. So it just, yeah, it makes sense. I just never really thought about it before until it was like laid out like this. And I was like, oh, yeah. 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 Like, we just always make a joke. We're like, oh, yeah, I hate Van Meter. Because he just pops up and we're like, okay, whatever. But we see him so much now that we love it. Every time he pops up, we're like, oh, hey, like, hooray, what's up? I mean, I would like a little break from the Severide arson stuff. So, like, he can, like, Van Meter can, like, chill out for a little bit. But, you know. Can Brett join Severide on a NoFi investigation? Well, okay, so 
Remember that article that, like, I think it was Entertainment Weekly or was it TV Line? Remember there was that tease that they were supposed to, Brett and Separate were supposed to do, like, get, like, there's, I guess, a case or something that happens and they're supposed to work together, remember? Vaguely. Vaguely? When is that happening? I don't know. I, I like, just you saying it, John. It was, like, memory. towards the end of last year that, like, you know, it was, like, I think it was a TV Line. I think it was a ask uh whatever yeah yeah so maybe that'll give us something different maybe maybe fingers crossed last up we have the comedy story of the night with the firehouse inspection brenda take it away all right um let's see i lost my place uh yeah so basically they get this semi-annual inspection and it's time for it so basically you know they have to clean up get in their dress blues which like i don't totally understand i guess the dress blues part like i guess if you're trying to go over everything i don't know that part seemed a little weird to me having to dress up for let them to inspect your firehouse but well and plus when the promo photos dropped it gave us all a heart attack we all freak out every right, time we were like why are they dress blues and it really had nothing to absolutely nothing to do i thought it right. was going to be like the commendation for carver and kid from the grenade thing nope 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 so basically they get in their dress blues Bowden will slip the guy a bottle of scotch he'll be on his way whatever I thought it was hysterical, though, like, at, you know, when they're, like, cleaning and Gal and Ritter are, like, half-ass cleaning and they're eating donuts and drinking coffee. Such a mood. Such a mood. I love the millennials, so man. I, I mean, laughed so hard. And Carver's like, you know, that's a one-person task, right? And Gal is just, just like, we're multitasking. Like, yeah. Such a mood. Yeah. So we get the, the inspection happens and it's not the deputy chief they thought it was going to be. It's a different one. And he takes everything very seriously. He cannot be bribed with scotch. Like unnecessarily so, so. Yeah. He's like, oh, that button right there. And it's like, motherfucker, like. Yeah. And he's like, your shirt isn't. Yeah. One button is off. And then he looks at the squad table and he's like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Like, well, he, yeah, like you said, he barely makes it in the house before he points out, like, 20 things that are wrong. And he's just like, you guys have one more ship to fix it. Or what? Yeah. So, Bowden leaves Stella in charge of getting the house in order for the inspection. So, she boxes up some of the cleaning supplies for Molly's to take to the firehouse. And she asks Gallo, she's like, hey, you're, you know, the box is really heavy. And she makes a comment about it. And Gallo's like, oh, well, I parked closer like i'll just take it and so the next day you know or next day at shift they're bring you know getting ready cleaning whatever the box gets brought in and of course gala brought the wrong box and they don't have time to go buy more cleaning supplies so gala's like well we could just make our own you know it's fine blah 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 you know whatever gala would know that yeah so reinspection time and basically, it ends up being not the same hard ass as before. It's the guy they were expecting the first time. So basically, they end up doing all that hard work for not really anything. It was cute, though. The storyline was fine. Was I fine. like really. I it was. It's not my not my favorite. I thought it was funny when Bowden was like, "Kylie, run and get that bottle of scotch." Like, and yeah, well, she's like, yeah, run. she he's like, "Go get the scotch," and Kylie's like, "Well, you told me to get rid of it." Like, yeah, I got rid of it. So um, like there were moments and like said the gallo and ritter like cleaning is like such a mood i love that but like i don't know just as a storyline that was like eh. 
Yeah. It's not that great. Gallo and Ritter in that scene, that's us prepping for an episode, but like times about infinity. Like speed the energy up by like a lot. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So we got some. Go ahead. Yeah. Listener thoughts. Um, Natasha said, I kind of love the layers of sucking up that happened, and it was all kicked off by my favorite Stella kid. When she said, 51's already the cleanest house in CFD, and we barely have to lift a finger, like, and then she got the nod from Bowden, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then she said, I also think Stella played Gallo. Stella can carry a box of cleaning supplies to her car. Gallo, she knew Gallo would take the bait, and it was also a point of reminder that they had to clean. She was not about to let Bowden down. So you think Stella slipped him the alcohol deliberately? No, I think I I, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Any other notes about fire? Good episode. I mean, still mad about Cindy, but still good episode. Why? 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 How dare you? Ooh, and then next week we get Stellaride fighting. Like, why? No. Why? No. We no, don't want you. this. We don't want that. None of that, please. Yeah. It's PD time. It is PD time. Let's stretch it. It's, oh my goodness, this episode. This episode was 10 years in the making. Honestly, I think it's PD's best episode of the season. I would agree with that. I would agree it's with that. so good. This I meant to like- look up who wrote it, but I... I didn't get to catch it, but this I'm, uh, this I'm episode was—I mean, this was straight off our wish list. Didn't we have it's this conversation? So good. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Okay, so we start off, and Kevin and Kim are doing surveillance at this funeral that's got a bunch of people that are affiliated with the G Park Lords. And so, was that Burgess has this little moment? Was that a, what was that? Was that a panic attack? Don't know. It was definitely something because she like reaches for, you know, like to her side. And then, you know, Kevin's like, okay, no, like let's switch. So, so it wasn't her radio. I don't think so. Yeah. It's hard to tell what that was. I don't know. Also, the writer of this episode was Kevin. I'm going to butcher this last name. Debolt? D-E-I-B-O-L-D-T. He also wrote the first, like, Torres episode this year. He must. Okay. I don't actually know that name. Uh, But he wrote the, like, Torres episode, the first one, the senior. Okay. Cool. Anyway, Hmm. side note. So, yeah, I don't know what that moment was. It was weird. It was weird. And I don't know if it was her radio or if she did, in fact, have too much caffeine, but, like, weird. Yeah. Don't know what that was. So she switches spots with Kevin and Kev starts taking pictures and he sees his dad. What? Yep. Papa Atwater has entered the chat. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's huge. I mean, we've always known that he was in jail, but for us to finally meet him is yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. So Kevin, Kevin's like, before he can even process it, there's a drive-by basically of course but i am glad i'm glad that like he said it when he saw it and didn't try to like hide it from anybody since he was with burgess right well and that kind of honestly the more i've thought about it that would have seen been so out of character for kevin like i couldn't have imagined kevin going this whole episode and like hiding it from everyone true like i just it wouldn't have 
I just don't like that seems like a Ruzik thing to me or even like a Haley thing not a Kevin thing it's a good point but he just like comes clean with like everybody he's like not ashamed I mean I think there's some shame there just because of you know the strain of the relationship with his dad but not you know he's like not he's like oh yeah this is my my dad he's like yeah I'll tell everyone whatever he really like he really shines in this episode with regard to his nobility Mm-hmm. he's very very noble yeah and it, it just yeah we see it throughout the whole episode where he does the right thing and yeah i'm glad he yeah. i'm glad he did that and I'm, but but if he's with torres or something does he do the same thing does he say it right off the bat that's it i don't know i don't know I think there's a reason, obviously, that Burgess, like, they scripted it the way they did. That, like, all of Kevin's moments are with Burgess or with Ruzik. There was so much Burge water in this episode. Right. And even in the one moment with Ruzik in the locker room, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, he had the one moment with Voight, of course, because Voight is the head of the unit. So, like, he has to come, you know, come clean to Voight about it at some point. But, like, if you're talking about all the other stuff. And especially Burgess, because Burgess is the one who's known him for 10 years. And, like, she even says a bunch of times, she's like, I don't really know anything about your dad except that, like, he's in jail. Like, you never talk about him. So, like, it makes sense. It just makes sense that, like, I don't know if he would come. I think there's maybe eventually he would have come. Like, if he was partnered with Torres for this, I think he eventually would have come clean with Torres or even Haley. But maybe not as immediately as he did with Burgess. True. True. So. Yeah. So, so there's a drive-by before he can even really fully process it. So the offenders get away. There's two DOAs to just like basically, I think six people get injured and two people die. And so Kevin goes back through the, the pictures and he's looking at his dad. He looks up his dad in the system and lo and behold, he got out two weeks ago. Yep. And did not say two years word. early too. Yep. So yeah. Two years early Um, for good behavior. And Kevin's yeah. like really surprised about that. He's like, of all things, good behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's out two years early. And, you know, Kim's like, we can look up his address. We can find him. And Kev's like, no way. I don't want to do that. He didn't want me to know he was out. And I haven't spoken to him in 20 years. Yeah. Which, like, what? hmm What? That just... Wow. Wow. So they don't really have much to go off of. So they start running everyone and everything they can. And there's this little boy who's just adorable, Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just like, I saw one of the DOAs and this other guy, Ernie, they were fighting before the funeral. And so since the other guy had died, this basically makes Ernie the next in line to take over the G Park Lords. Yep. Very complicated, but yes. The case doesn't really matter. It really doesn't matter. The case it's- is never, that's the thing is like people, I, you know, some of our listeners complain, they're like, well, why don't you talk about PD a lot? And it's like. Because PD's mostly case, and sometimes the case just really doesn't matter. It does not like, matter. We don't week. talk about it as much as, like, we do matter fire, but it's not because we don't like PD. It's because the case just doesn't, like, the details of the case don't matter. Yeah. yeah. In the same way the details on the other shows matter. And and certain details in this case do matter, but, like, right. the minutia of it but all. But it's we're not that, like, you know, like, yeah. we don't really care about the G Park Lord stuff. Like, that part doesn't matter. No, no. So Burgess and Rusick start looking through some pod footage. I love that Adam's become the tech guy now with like the laptop and the big screen on the wall. And he's just like, he, yeah, I love yeah. that. He's like the new mouse. So cute. Uh, 
But yeah, so they're looking through the pod footage, they're scanning it, and Burgess notices Kevin's dad in this alleyway by the getaway car. So at first, he she was able to be like, we don't have to contact your dad, we can leave it alone, but now we have to. We have to bring yeah. him in. Well, and the thing that I love that she like went to Kevin first to see how he wants to play it. Mm-hmm. Like, she didn't even say like, oh, no, we have to. She like, I mean, I think if she had wanted to keep some of it a secret, you know, like if Kevin said, no, I'm not ready yet. Like, I think she would have found a way to like kind of work around that. Yeah. Like, but Kevin's like, no, Kevin's the one that's like, no, okay, okay, we've got to get him involved. And then he's the one that goes to Voight, you know, like, it's just like, but I love that she went to Kevin first. Like, even because she's like, while she notices it, she asks Ruzik about, you know, like, hey, what do you know about Kevin's dad? And, she, you know, he's like, oh, not that much. But even then, she doesn't say anything to Ruzik. She goes to Kevin. Yeah, she doesn't and say a word like, at him. She respects that friendship and that bond that she has with Kevin so much that you know, she's like, no, like, I got to go to him first. Yeah. Yeah. And she doesn't sugarcoat anything. She just hands him the phone and is like, this is what I've got. I'm sorry, but, you know, how do you want to do this? Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of people love, too, how... Uh, Adam was like, why are you asking about his dad? And she just goes, I'll let you know, I promise. Like, a lot of people yeah. were, they like that she promised. Well, we just got, like, a, finally, like, a Lauren, our, our friend Lauren obviously always jokes about, like, wanting to see, like, if she's, like, missing PD or whatever. She's like, let me know if Berzik has, like, scenes. And, like, we finally got, like, an actual Berzik scene, not just, like, a fake Berzik scene. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah, it has been a while. So, um. Now that it looks like his dad is involved, he has to go to Voight. And he goes right to Voight. Doesn't, like, yeah. no comes bullshit. Clean, just, just comes straight clean. The next scene, he's talking to Voight. Well, and even Voight, too, which was kind of surprising. Voight's like, well, you don't have to, like, you know, obviously you have to get a statement from your dad or whatever. And he Voight's just like, yeah, the team's going to find out. And Kevin's like, yep, I'm, we're fine with that. We're cool. Like, Voight's even kind of like a, well, we could maybe hide it from the team. And Kevin's like, nope. Yeah. And even yeah. how Voight, like, offers, Voight's just like, I'll go talk to him if you want. Like, you don't yeah. have to do this. I love just, like, the unconditional support. Because everyone knows that, obviously, Kevin has a bunch of complicated feelings about his dad. But it is interesting, though. I will say this. When everyone else has personal stuff going on, I feel like Voight doesn't react as like calmly as he is in this like and i mean you just everyone else in general everyone else is like oh man you're like having something you have a personal involvement in this case like you can't do that you have to step back and everyone else like treats kevin and treats this whole situation totally differently yeah i think it goes back to i mean it goes back to how Voight is different with everybody in the unit he handles them all differently now granted in this situation nothing had been done so for Void to get mad at Kevin would have been stupid because what are you well, mad at? No, but I think the thing is, though, is like even before anyone else has done things, you know, Void's like, well, you may want to step back. I Do you think it's because he knows Kevin won't do something like that? That like Kevin has like a good head on his shoulders and knows how to keep like a calm presence. Whereas like we know Ruzik's tendencies to overreact sometimes. Haley's tendencies to overreact sometimes. Jay, you know, like we've seen them overreact in other instances so then if a case comes up and it's personal it's like eh, you guys cannot no you got to take a step back i think i think i think that is a part of it for sure i think Voight knows that kevin kevin knows exactly where he stands morally and so i think Voight knows that he can trust him right and he knows that kevin's not gonna go like blow everything up no 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 he handles this with the most level head yeah crazy 
So um, Kevin goes to the halfway house. He finds his dad. He goes to the halfway house. And like this moment, like this moment of them seeing each other for the first time in 20 years, that's, it's a pivotal moment in Chicago PD history. Mm-hmm. it's a big moment but my other question is okay so because when as he was walking down the hall i was like is lou even gonna recognize kevin like, yeah because the last time i saw him kevin's 12 yeah yeah and if he hasn't spoken to him or seen him in 20 years how was he able to keep tabs on him well and the whole thing i was honestly wondering if lou was gonna have a bigger reaction once he found out kevin was a cop which i guess obviously he learned in jail so it wasn't like this is the first time he was learning that his son was a cop but i was really curious i kind of wanted to see more of that yeah i did too and and i want to know what lou's reaction was when he found out what especially given that lou just got out of jail right it's not like they were just estranged and like lou wasn't in his life like no, Lou's literally been in jail for something he basically just took, as we find out, that's something he took the fall for that he didn't really do. Which raises a whole other slew of questions. Oh, yeah, we'll get there. But, like, I just thought it, I wanted more of, like, him finding out that Kevin was a cop. Or at least, like, what his reaction was when he heard that Kevin was a cop. Yeah, and that was a little underwhelming. I really expected a moment of, like, you're a what? And instead and he was like, oh, I heard. And especially coming from an ex-con, like, someone who literally just got out of jail. That would have just that relationship, you know, would have been really interesting to see. But I wish that LaRoyce had done some press for this episode because I have so many questions. I know. I'm like literally even thinking about it. I'm like, as soon as we get off this call, I want to go jot down a bunch of them just so I can like when we do get the chance to talk to LaRoyce, hopefully in the next, you know, couple months or whatever, I would. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and if Lou hasn't seen or spoken to his son since he was 12, you can assume that maybe Kevin didn't know that he wanted to be a cop at 12. So somewhere along the way. Right. What I wonder, too, like, how much did that, like, how much did Lou going to jail make Kevin want to become a cop? I think it's twofold. I think it's twofold. So I think it I think it was part, partly that. And I think the other part was to protect Jordan and Vanessa. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. It's crazy. It's so I want to hear Lori's talk about it so bad. Same. Same. Oh my God. Like we could spend like an hour with him just theorizing about this episode. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. So yeah. And, and even in the scene, you know, and Kevin is all business, like not personal at all. He's just like, here's the deal. I'm involved in this case. Like you need to cooperate. This is what you're going to do. And it's only as he's leaving that Lou asks him a personal question. And so Lou just says, he's like, how are they? And Kev turns around, he's like, Kevin, or Vanessa and Jordan, and he just says, they're fine. We're all fine. But he's so hurt as he says it, too. So hurt. So hurt. He's, like, trying to keep it together in, like, that cool level head, but, like, mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Mm. and I bet that's why he says that they're fine is because he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to dip into those feelings right now. Yeah. Yeah. He can't, because people keep asking him, they're like, oh, man, like, you know, later on, Birch is like, oh, your dad's back. And he's like, yep. He's like, he's not, he can't go there. Nope. Not at all. Yeah. And that's why right off the bat, he's like, we got a case to work. Yep. He's kind of doing a Haley. He's burying himself in work so he doesn't have to feel. Yep. Which, like, I get it. I mean, God, that's 20 years of baggage. Mm-hmm. Dude. Yeah. Crazy. It's It's a lot. Mm-hmm. it is a lot so lou gives them a description of the shooter kid black fighter's ear 
Um, and so they find the shooter. His name's Cedric. They roll up on his house that he shares with his girlfriend. He got like Dexter styled murdered. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in a bathtub with bleach and a lot of blood. A lot of yep. blood. But they had the mind to leave the baby unharmed. So cool. Can we stop putting kids in horrible situations, please? For real though. I did please. not need that. No. I, no. I didn't need that either. I didn't need that either. God, that moment when Kevin covers the baby's eyes. Mm. For real though. I got feels so yeah. many times in this episode. Mm-hmm. so they find the gun that was used at the church to kill grimes but it w- probably won't get anything from forensics so clearly reed is like covering his ass clearly. oh yeah so kevin and burgess are sitting on one of these auto shops that he owns because that's where he moves his product they're sitting on it and kim takes the moment to ask a little bit more about his dad how to go with your dad huh not as fine as he could go i guess in the 10 years that we've been friends, you've only really mentioned that he was in prison, so I don't really, I don't know anything about him, Kev. He needs a Burgess. He's not anymore. You never visited him? Oh, he didn't put me on the list. They didn't put Kevin on the list. Mm, that, mm, yeah. He just up and vanished on his kids. Well, in the whole time, I really, I mean, because obviously we didn't know a ton about his dad before this episode. So the whole time, I just really thought that, like, his dad went away for doing something bad and, like, they didn't have a great relationship. Like, I never realized that, like, this was basically his dad, like, that they had a great relationship until his dad went to jail. I didn't know that. Me neither. Obviously, nobody knew that. But it's just like, damn, like yeah and like okay so the the timeline the way the timeline goes is that lou went to jail and then kev's mom died a couple years after right like you're telling me lou finds this out and still doesn't reach out to kevin i get yeah like your kid basically became a guardian at like what 16 17 whatever his mom died like damn and lou still doesn't reach out like how how do you know that the kids are being taken care of how do you stay in jail no like and not know what your kids are up to well, and he probably does. You're telling me he doesn't know? How how does he know? If he, you know, how does he know? Because that's just because Kevin's not on the list doesn't mean that like a family, you know, like a, des- a distant second cousin that like their BFF, they you know friends, you know, don't tell them or whatever that True. other people aren't on, you know, Lou's list. But that just brings up a whole other gr- group of questions. Like, did Kevin ever ask any of those other family members about like what's going on? Like, I did, did I have so many questions. Yeah. 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 Wild. So wild. And and like presumably with the timeline, Kevin was 12 when his dad went away. Jordan's a little bit younger than him. Vanessa's even younger than Jordan, obviously. So I think the the way the timeline shakes out, it seems like Lou was in jail when Vanessa was born. Somebody actually, one of our listeners, I put it at the end, has like a whole thing about the timeline. Mm-hmm. About the logistics. I'm just going to go ahead and read this. because Yeah, go for it. We're already there. Because um, she had like a whole other comment. But that she said, 
this is from Nora. Nora said she's slightly confused about the legit how like the logistics of the Atwater family. She said, I thought Vanessa might have had a different father because of the timeline with Lou going to prison. But Lou asks obviously about Jordan and Vanessa, and Kevin talks about having to raise both of them himself. In season five, we see Jordan's 15th birthday. And that season, mm. Kevin would have been 27. Because I think he's 32 now if his dad was in prison for 20 years. So Kevin's 32 because obviously okay. he went whatever. So minus 15 years and Kevin would have been 12 when Jordan was born. Meaning he would have been born right before their dad went to prison. But since Vanessa's younger than Jordan by at least a couple of years, it wouldn't make sense for him to be Vanessa's father. I haven't really kept tap with kept track of the time jumps and such and how those would affect timeline and character ages so i might be off with my age estimates and stuff but i didn't know if anyone else knows the time notices the timeline is kind of confusing yeah so in, it in, does make sense though when you if you break it down like that and <laughs> use those numbers then like yeah and i guess i kind of always got the vibe that like i didn't realize that all three of them were by the same parents yeah that's that that makes the most sense for Vanessa not to be his, but but then he asks about Vanessa like he's her, like you know that like that's her his daughter. Maybe because he, I mean he he knew that Kev had to raise her. Maybe, but that's the other thing is that if there if there were other family members around, why did Kevin have to raise his siblings? Right, right. Well, unless Vanessa's dad is like a deadbeat, and so then it was still just their mom, and then obviously, you know. Well, then, so you're telling me that, like, Kevin, so say their mom, you know, if Kevin was 12 when his dad went to prison, and then say, like, a couple years later, so say Kevin's, like, 15, right, when their mom, his mom dies, 15 mm-hmm. or 16, you're telling me that Kevin's, like, a 16-year-old baby, or 16-year-old raising a baby? Because if, you know, by that standard, you know, Vanessa's, like, you know, a literal baby. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, he was, a t- he was like, a teenage dad without even being a right. teenage dad. Yeah. That's a lot to put on a kid. Mm-hmm. You want to talk generational trauma? Shit. For real. Man. So at this auto shop that they're sitting on, this car pulls up and lo and behold, it's Lou. It's Lou. Um, and he basically like takes something and puts it from one tire of a car to like another tire of a car. I'm not quite sure what he does. But Kevin goes to visit him again. And now Kevin's like over it. He's like, I saw what you were doing. Like, straight up what the fuck right and so his dad is like look i drive reed's kid around he's paranoid somebody's coming for him i do it because the g parks protected me in jail like i have a debt to repay i'm just trying to do that and then move on with my life and then this moment you really that angry at me that you're gonna put your own father back inside angry are you serious do i look angry right now i don't got time for that I mean, I used to be, but I had to get that up a long time ago. I had to make peace with you not being here so I could take care of Jordan and Vanessa. So I chose to remember the man that was good, the man that raised me, the one who took me on the midnight walks. Remember that? Right. And I'm taking you back inside. I'm bringing you in to talk. Let's go. Oh, I know. I know. When he says, he's like, I chose to remember the man that was good, the man that raised me. Oh, my God. Because he had to. Yeah. Because that was the only way he was going to get through this. 
And then, yeah, so so for for Lou to be saying like you're really going to bring in your own father, he doesn't see you as his father. You're just a person to him. But I think the thing is though, he does see him still as his father, right? Because Kevin still remembers those twelve years yeah. where he was his father, and he couldn't. The whole thing about Lou going to prison is that it's so baffling to him that he doesn't understand how Lou, who supposedly was never you know was never involved in the gangs, never in that life of crime ended up going to jail for 20 years Mm -hmm. and i think the whole point obviously as we find out later is that lou covered for someone so lou is still that good person you know in some weird way that like kevin always thought he was because lou took the fall for someone when he didn't actually do anything right so like in some weird kind of twisted way he is still that good man that kevin remembered but he's not though because his actions far outweigh his words now but it's so again, and I'm not sticking up for Lou because I don't think what he did right was right either. But like in some weird way, I have to, you know, obviously him keeping Kevin, you know, Kevin from coming to visit him is like a weird protect. Like, you know, like you don't want to see your kids see you in jail. No. Like I maybe change it when he becomes 18 and can make decisions for himself, but not at 12 years old. Like you don't want to see your kid see you in jail. No, but he also needed a father figure in his life, right? I just, it, it, it completely. There is no, like, and there is no good, you know, like, I understand where Lou's coming from, but I also understand where Kevin's coming from. So, like, but, like, the idea of, like, you know, in some weird way, Lou still is that man that Kevin always thought he was Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. remembered him as. But, I mean, also on, on the flip side of that is, like, Lou doing what he did shaped the rest of Kevin's life. Right. It's ugh. and yet still, even with Lou being like, you're actually going to bring in your own father. And then Kevin being like, you think I'm angry? Like, no, I don't get that luxury. Kevin still does the right thing. Yeah. And Kevin's like, I'm not taking you back inside. I'm just bring, you know, I'm doing my job. I'm bringing you in to talk. Wow. Yeah. So back at the district, we do get we get a ruse water moment, too. You know, it'd be all right if you were angry. You want to take a step back from the case? I'm trying to lock or something like that. You got every right. Mm-mm. No, no, I don't. Sure you do. I know for me, all the times my pops was gone, I tried to play it off, but I was mad as hell. Yeah. Well, let me help you understand why it's not the same rules. You know, my dad was there, and he was good. Then all of a sudden he wasn't. Fell into every black stereotype that a father could, and... It didn't make any sense, but I can't do the same thing. Hell, I don't got the luxury of being angry. I ain't carrying that around with me. I'm good. Well, I thought this was so interesting, too, just obviously, like, now they both know, you know, all the dad trauma and stuff that they both have. And just, like, Ruzik's trying his best to relate, but, like, what what Ruzik went through with Disco Bob is not the same thing that Kevin went through. No, no, Disco Bob was always kind of flaky and shady. Right. And like Kevin even says, he's like, I had a dad for 12 years, mm-hmm. like a dad who was there, who was present. Like he was my dad. Yeah. It did confuse me a little bit when he's like, he's like, I don't get to be angry. Well, no, why not though? I mean, the Jordan and Vanessa part of it aside, why not? Why don't you get to right. be angry? What am I missing? Right. Just because it's 20 years ago. And just because he was a good dad for the first 12 years of your life doesn't mean that, you know, you still can't be mad that he still, you know. Yeah, you, you do life. get to be angry. Yeah. 
Yep. You raised your siblings by yourself as a teenager. Yeah. He was basically orphaned. He was. Yeah. Yep. This episode. <laughs> this episode, I swear. Oh, man. All right, Brenna, take it from here. Okay. So intelligence comes up with this plan and, you know, at first they're like, well, we can't, you know, they're like trying to come up with a plan and Kevin's just like, we're going to use him. And, you know, Voight's a little hesitant at first, but then Kevin points out, well, he's like, you know, basically we would do, they're trying to like sugarcoat it because it's Kevin's dad. And Mm -hmm. Kevin's like, no, like if he was any other lead, then we would do it this way. Like, he's like, we're going to use him. And so Voight, you know, ultimately agrees and they decide, you know, they have decided to have Lou set up a meet and greet between Reed and Taurus. Taurus is obviously going undercover. And like, Reed's confused at first on like why Lou brought Taurus here and whatever, because he's like, you know, Lou had been telling them up until then that like he wasn't in the game and that, you know, he was just doing paying his debt and then he was going to Peoria and like, you know, just like all these things. And like eventually Reed comes around, but it's just like he's you can he's obviously sus. <laughs> he's like Reed's like, I don't know about this. Right. So then we go back to the 21st, and Kevin asks his dad about what he said to Reed. So what was Reed talking about when he said that you weren't really in the game? He was talking about nothing. That was a long time ago. It doesn't matter. Oh. Yeah. You know, I, I read the report when I got on the job. Armed robbery with a sawed-off, right? Yeah. Then I guess we don't need to talk about anything. What do you want from me, huh? You asking me questions why? It's not gonna do nothing but... That's probably read. Just, like, every time these two have a conversation and, like, we get, like, more, a little, you know, like, a little more details. Like, a little more details. And it's just, like, mmm. Every scene between these two was so emotional. Yeah. It's so, mm. Like, you, you feel Kevin's pain. And LaRoyce did such a good job because, I mean, in every single scene, you can tell that this is 20 years of pent-up everything. Yeah. Like, in all of Larissa's choices that he makes. Oh, that, that rhymed. Um, but yeah, in every single choice he makes, like you can tell it's just years of pent up stuff. Yeah. When the way I just looked at the guy's name, because I hadn't looked it up yet, but the way LaRoyce plays off of the guy who played Lou, his mm-hmm. name is Eric Larray Harvey. The way they just, the two of them played off of each other, it was just perfect. so good. And Eric's been in a lot of stuff, if I remember correctly. Yes. Fun fact, he was in an episode of PD in 2014. Was he? As some random character. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. But yes, he was. He's okay. been in Boardwalk Empire, Luke Cage, uh, Twister. Um, he was in Twister. Yeah. That's a classic. So. See what else. He's been, I mean, yeah, he's in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, he's in a lot of stuff. He's very familiar. Um trying to see what else the blacklist i mean like you know like he's been in like you know episodes here and there of you know a bunch of stuff svu blah blah blah, you know so yep but he just the way the two of them played off each other i 
you know, especially in these scenes where it's like just the two of them, it's really, it's really good. Oh, so good, so yeah. so good. Yeah. Um. So basically, what kind of ends up interrupting their conversation is a text from Reed saying that the buy's on. So it's on for the next day. And so the buy go this whole like ending stuff. I'm like, okay, we'll just get to. I'm like, just get to the end because like the end is the best part, but. Basically, Lou and Torres show up to this buy, and there's no read, and so they're, like, a little hesitant. And, of course, everyone's like, we should go in, we should go in. And Voight's just like, no, like, Torres, no. Like, I do love Voight's, like, confidence that he's, like, Torres, Voight's starting to see that Torres can pretty much handle, like, Torres been through a lot of shit, and Torres can handle himself. Yeah. And, like, he's like, no, if Torres is gonna pull it, then Torres pulls it. But, like, let Torres, like, let it play out. It's his I play. do like mm-hmm. that. I do like those moments so far, because we've had a couple of those this season. Mm-hmm. Um, but, anyway. So, the guy, because the, the guy that shows up in Reed's place is like, well, we'll take the money, and, you know, we'll come back with the product. It's like, eh, that's not how this goes. Never trust the guy that says, we'll take the money and bring you back. No, no, no. That's not yeah. how a buy goes down. It's shady. I did laugh when, like, Torres opens the car and Torres is like, if you're trying to rip me off. And the guy is like, oh, calm down, playboy. Yeah. That was kind yeah. of funny. Um, so basically, Lou ends up going with the guy and the money. And, like, ends up go like, intelligence follows them. But then they lose him in a parking garage. And then they think they don't have them but then they refind it again it's like that part doesn't matter basically they end up like tracking down the car and lou and the money and arrest arrest everyone and read like it's like okay okay that's done <laughs> like but this is also where you see that i mean as for as much anger that and resentment that kevin has harbored up all these years that's still his dad yeah that's still his dad and he, and he went still after wanted him. to make sure that he was like okay yeah yeah he, he was still kind of yeah. scared for him yeah for sure yeah and then the episode ends and we're back at the 21st again and kevin and lou just finally hash everything out by myself i raised him so i don't understand why you feel like you owe everybody else but me i don't know what you want from me i want the truth the truth yes the truth if you got the truth in you that's what i need the truth the truth is we weren't doing good we never were we needed money and i found the wrong way to get it you know i was just a lookout but when the police came, I took it. I took the rap. I didn't talk, didn't give names. So I went to prison. Yeah, so what about us? Us. You can't just go to prison. And then not expect for me to want to see you, for me to be on the damn list? You can't put me on the list! Explain that! No one wants their kid to see him like that. I didn't want you to. I wanted you to remember me different. Good. 
I wanted you to remember those midnight walks. I didn't know another way. Then it was... This scene broke my heart. In a literally, by the end of it, Gina knows because we were on FaceTime. I was literally like, I had like tears in my eyes. I was like crying. I was close. I was really close. Really close. This is one of those things, and I know we say that kind of a lot. I feel like we say it, we've said it quite often, but like these shows will never be nominated for Emmys. They're just, they just won't. But like, I wish I could just take this scene and be like, here, Emmy voters, like, why are we not giving Lorraine Hawkins an Emmy? Like, why? Yeah. This scene is just, it's so fucking good. And, like, just the the pain in his voice when he's like, you didn't put me on the damn list? Yeah. Like, sure, Lou might have had the best intentions, but... You still didn't put him on the damn list at any point. Like, because the thing is, is, like, he could have changed, like, I'm not saying that he put him on the list at 12, but, like, I think this is a different conversation if it's, like, the day Kevin turns 18, Lou puts him on the list. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm not saying there still wouldn't be hurt and resentment there, but, like, it's different. It's But, no, this has been 20 years ago. And he never put him on the damn list. You haven't seen or spoken to him in 20 years. And, like... And the, and the other thing, too, is that he had two years left on his sentence, right? So this was going to happen. If it wasn't going to happen now, it was going to happen two years from now. Yep. Yep. Like, what was Kevin going to do when he knew his dad got out? Well, and the thing is, though, Lou was trying to get out. So I don't think he, I mean, he may never, I mean, I don't know. Right. And was Lou ever going to tell him he was out? Probably not. You can't just disappear on a kid like that. Yeah. Like, what did Lou think was going to happen? I think he just thought he was never going to be in his kid's life again. So he just kind of accepted that, like, you know, my like my relationship with my kid is done for, but at least he has, like, good memories of the first 12 years. Right. And that, like, they're in a better place without him in his life, without Lou in their lives. Oh, my gosh. I know. It's. Yeah. I had to watch that scene a second time on rewatch when I rewatched it and then I went back and watched the scene again. I did, too. Oh, my goodness. And, it's and I will probably rewatch scene. that scene again. Yeah. Yeah crazy Lorraine did unbelievably well so good so good so good one of kevin's finest hours and the fact that and this is just it's such a pivotal crucial moment in pd history that like we finally met atwater's dad and i'm just like you know even though we've had all these big moments throughout this episode i want more mm-hmm. like i want more of kevin and his dad are we gonna see lou again i hope so which sounds terrible to say. Like, I, but yeah, I would love to. Well, especially now that Lou's going to move into one of the units in Kev's building. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there reconciliation there? That's another good question. Is there a chance for reconciliation? Questions. All the questions. Everywhere. Everywhere. And does, do we see Jordan and Lou reuniting? Do we see Vanessa even meeting him? Well, we haven't seen Vanessa in like 20 years. We haven't seen Vanessa since LaRoyce shipped both of them. To Dallas. But we've seen Jordan. We've so seen Jordan. I think there's a better chance you see, but like I doubt we're seeing Jordan and Lou. 
but that so would be if great. well hang on so if if kevin's 32 that means jordan is well that's just a guess obviously a given guess. that it's 20 years since you know so jordan's like what 2020 yes okay jordan's age i feel like is a little fudge too no totally but, fudge. Yeah. but if he was if he was 15 in season five he's 20 no he's 20 on the dot now yeah yeah he's 20 yeah which means vanessa's got to be about 16 or 17 meaning vanessa's probably talking college yeah it's crazy i know they grow up so fast they do our little babies there's a lot more they can do there. I'm I'm glad that they chose to bring him in. That's another thing. Like, I wish they would have made Gwen available too, so we could be like, so why now? Right. Yeah. So right. many questions. We've literally only wanted it for t- 10 years. Mm-hmm. This was straight off the wish list. Yep. Yeah. Except like a couple seasons too late, but yeah. Mm-hmm. But better late than never. But like, what an episode. These last two of PD have been, wow. Mm-hmm. Really, really good. Yeah. So, any other notes on this episode? No, but let's go through the listener thoughts real quick. Oh, I forgot we didn't do those. My bad. Um, yes. So, listener thoughts. So, Heather B. said, the Kevin backstory episode of her dreams, the only way it could have gotten better would have been to actually see Jordan and Vanessa, but at least we got a lot of mentions. Lori's killed it. We also saw so many partner combinations and everyone seemed to get a little screen time. I hope they continue that trend because it felt like the team was actually there for the case instead of just wandering around in the background. We even got a peep at Kim's ongoing struggle with trauma from being shot. And she said, I was interested to see how Kim, Adam, and Voight all supported Kevin in different ways and how he reacted to each of them. It would have been interesting to see Haley or Dante's take on it, but I also understand they don't really have a place in it because they don't know him as well. We also got my favorite kind of ending, one where they talk it out and actually have a resolution. It was beautiful from start to finish. We got so much about Kevin in one short episode. I know they want people to tune in for the case but because it's a procedural, but I'm glad there wasn't a heavy focus on the case for this one because the amount of screen time for the personal story we got wasn't sacrificed for it in an infuriating way and in the infuriating way that uptons have been lately at least in my opinion more kevin episodes please always and forever always yeah please yep yeah um damar said what a beautiful episode of chicago pd this affected me in a lot of ways as my father was not around much literally cried we don't say this enough, but LaRoyce is such a great actor. My heart broke for Atwater as he confronted his father at the end. Kevin only wanted to see his dad, and it was even more heartbreaking when he wasn't on the list. I also love that we got Bergewater in this episode. Love this friendship so much, and Kim was the perfect person to be by Atwater's side as he navigated it. I love how she silently supported him holding his hands, and I'm just glad that we're finally getting some backstory for Kevin. It's been a long time, the fans have been waiting, and this episode did not disappoint. For me, it was the best of the season so far. Agree. Agree um and then the first part to Nora's comment said this episode was a Leroy's Hawkins masterclass he's such an amazing actor and this is one of my favorite Kevin episodes his emotion his pain feels so real and relatable the last scene between him and his dad in the basement of intelligence made me cry Lori so subtly but beautifully portrays the heartbreaking confusion Kevin's been carrying since his dad went to prison you can tell so badly throughout the episode that he wants to know why it's hurting him why and that it's hurting him even though he's trying not to be bothered by it We've known that Kevin had to grow up at a young age to raise his siblings, but we never got to truly explore the impact it had on him deeply. I also love seeing Kim and Adam support Kevin and be and seeing a Bergewater partnership for the episode. Mm-hmm. It's a good point that they brought up that it was mostly Berzigwater. Like we didn't really see a lot of Haley and Torres on this one. 
I mean, and it's, but it, I think it, that's appropriate. Yeah, I think it's appropriate too. I think it's appropriate too. For exactly with the reason that uh, I think it was Damar that just said, you know, like they don't or Heather, whoever said it, they, you know, they don't really know Kevin as well. Like it would, it would kind of be a little weird. Yeah, right. A little bit, right? Totally. God, what an episode! What an episode. Like I said, best one of the season by far. Yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be really hard. I mean, there's still obviously a decent chunk of episodes. There's still half the season, but like I it, when I think about it, I think it's gonna be really hard to beat this one in terms of like a favorite one. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Next week is a Haley episode. Yes. And uh Sean O'Neill's coming back. Again. 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 The only thing that worries me about that is the title of that episode. The title is I Can Let You Go, which like my biggest worry is that that title is going to come. She's going to be like on a voicemail with Jay or something. That's my biggest fear because that will wreck me. Yeah. That will put me like in fetal position in the corner of the room, just like crying my eyes out. Uh, yeah. You're not going to be okay if that happens. No, not at all. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. So. All right. Well, as always, you guys know where to find us. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, TikTok, meet us at Molly's everywhere. Everywhere. Just, yeah, meet us at Molly's. Look us up. Find us. Um, if you enjoy listening to the pod, which I really hope you do, because like you just made it to the end of a three-hour episode and you presumably do it every week. So like, that's pretty cool. Um, please, 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 if you could take the time to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever else you get your podcasts, it really does help us increase visibility. We also haven't had a review in like a year which is like, dude, that's a long time, but whatever. Um, yeah, check out the links on our socials for our Tee Public, our Patreon page, all that fun stuff. If you have any questions about membership with our Patreon or any questions about anything, period, just contact us. <laughs> Twitter, Twitter is probably the best place to get us, uh, but Instagram, email, Facebook, whichever. Yeah. Yeah. So either one. Uh, email us anytime about anything meet us at mollies at gmail.com seriously anytime anything totally fine uh follow us individually on twitter i'm at gina watches tv Brina. i'm at brina k13 and as long as there's no episodes of the chicago's there will be no episodes of the pod yes. so you will hear from us again next week yep so in the meantime everybody have a great weekend cuddle up with the blanket watch some football and we will see you next week bye <laughs>